at Sacred It is Tuesday, the 8th of August. It's the Feast of St. Dominic. Let's pray together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. God speaks to us in every time and place. Let us pray for the gift of an open heart. Today we hear your voice, O Lord. You have spoken to us through your prophets. Teach us to hear and heed your word. You have spoken to us through your Son and word. Teach us to hear and love your word. You have spoken to us through the teachers of your church. Teach us to hear and keep your word. God, you have spoken your word of love, your Son, into our world's deafness. Open our ears to hear. Open our hearts to heed. Open our will to obey that we may proclaim the good news with our lives. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. St. Dominic, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. We are glad that you're with us and awake and up and at him, and I'm sure showered and shaved and already dressed. Well, maybe you're not all those things, but we're glad you're here. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, Father Boniface Hicks will be along, continuing our series based on his book, Personal Prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love. And we're going to talk today about Eucharistic adoration. And actually, the Pope's had some things to say about Eucharistic adoration recently. Marlon De La Torre will be along to discuss whether or not you can be a good person apart from God. Maybe you've heard that before. Maybe you've tried that before. Father Augustine Weta will look at some more tips from the monks, the Desert Fathers, on better decision-making. And then Father Patrick Briscoe, a Dominican, joins us on this Feast of St. Dominic. We're also going to talk about an upcoming rosary pilgrimage that he's part of. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. Good morning. There's concern in Washington after 11 Russian and Chinese warships carried out an operation near Alaska's Aleutian Islands. The Navy, in response, sent destroyers to shadow the fleet before it left the area without entering U.S. territory. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan said the incident is a reminder we've entered a new era of authoritarian aggression led by dictators in Beijing and Moscow. He called for a greater military presence in Alaska. The U.S. is helping Americans leave Niger amid a military takeover of that country. Mark Mayfield reports. For some reason, we're not getting any audio. We'll move on. Polls are opening this morning for Ohio's special election. The singular item appearing on ballots across the state is issue one. The measure would require future state constitutional amendments to get support from 60 percent of voters in order to pass, as opposed to the current simple majority requirement. The proposed rule has seen support and opposition from a wide range of political advocacy groups due to its potential impact on the proposed amendment going before voters in the fall, which would enshrine abortion rights in the state constitution. 
State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have voted early in the special election. That's more than three times the voter turnout in Ohio's 2022 primaries. Two U.S. military veterans are dead after a drone strike in Ukraine. Former U.S. Marine Lance Lawrence and former Army officer Andrew Weber died July 29th fighting in an operation against Russian forces. That's according to various media reports and public posts from those who knew them. At least 14 American citizens have died while fighting in Ukraine since the war broke out. Home prices are up and reaching highs across the country. A new report from Black Knight says prices went up by 0.8% in June after a long slowdown. Prices hit record levels in about 60% of major housing markets in the U.S. Annual price growth has overall been highest in the Midwest and Northeast U.S., and specifically in Hartford, Connecticut, Seattle, and San Jose. And Zoom is telling its employees it's time to come back to the office. The platform became the staple app during the height of the COVID pandemic at work and for personal use. A spokesperson for Zoom said the company believes a, quote, structured hybrid approach would be the most effective for its employees. Workers who live close to an office will be required to work on site so as to be better able to interact with their teams. Matt, I feel like there's a bigger lesson here. I mean, there's always some irony. I know, right? But, uh, you know, like with a lot of products, it's always interesting to know if the person who is selling you the product uses the product. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So if if you're a Zoom uh, employee... You're going to go buy a car from a Honda dealer, but the guy... Selling it to you drives it forward. That tells you something. Yeah, it's a little problematic. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But uh, I, uh, I guess it's good to know that Zoom employees use Zoom. I suppose so. I don't know. But... I'm not even sure what you and I are using to talk to one another right now. We're testing out a video system uh-huh. for possibly putting uh, pictures and videos of ourselves. Are you like? Are you looking so at me can... right now? I'm looking at, well, I'm looking at a digital representation of you. <laughs> I want to make some philosophical distinctions. Yeah. I was, um, I was informed that uh, soon after Labor Day, the Sunrise Morning Show will be available on video. We're getting every, we're, we're trying to get all that Because you want to see what we look out. like this time of morning, I'm sure. Hey, don't be negative. Okay. I'm not being negative. I'm actually wearing a rosary shirt. Uh, I know. The I'm of St. Dominic. Yeah, is that uh, so, Washington, D.C. on your shirt? Yeah, it's like I can the shape of Washington, D.C. with like a rosary yeah. hanging out the bottom. There I got to go. say, it is nice to see you. Like yeah, it's nice a to see digital, you representation digital representation of you. Of you. <laughs> Distinctions matter, Anna Mitchell. It's true. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Father Boniface Hicks. He is the author of Personal Prayer, a guide for receiving the Father's love. He co-wrote it with Father Thomas Acklin, a fellow Benedictine. Father, good morning. Good morning, Matt. Great to be with you. Great to be with you as well. And today we get to talk about Eucharistic adoration, and you devote uh, several pages to this in Chapter 8 of your book, uh, which is about prayer with word and sacrament. This is something Pope Francis recently re-emphasized, actually before World Youth Day, and then went to World Youth Day and led a whole bunch of people in it. (laughs) This is something that... I think 
some Catholics are surprised to to realize how big of a devotion this is, uh, because so often Eucharistic adoration happens in the quiet of chapels with just a few people present. So, for those who have not participated in Eucharistic adoration, maybe explain what it is and what the draw is. Well, Eucharistic adoration is is based on our Catholic belief that Jesus Christ is really present in the Eucharist, and that that's a sustained presence. He's not sort of present during Mass and when we receive communion only, but the bread is actually transubstantiated into his body, blood, soul, and divinity, the whole Christ, really Jesus. He is really there. As he was there in his glorified body with the apostles and the resurrection, he's there with us in that in that form. And so why wouldn't we spend time with him would be the kind of counter question to uh, to asking for an explanation. And so spending time with him in the Eucharist, and then in a, in a special way, uh, adding some liturgical rites to it, and it's, it's kind of the point that I make in this chapter, which I have to be honest, I don't hear other people making, but I think it's really important that, that Eucharistic adoration is not just a devotion, like the Rosary. You mentioned St. Dominic and the Rosary. That's a devotion. And but Eucharistic adoration is actually liturgical. The Eucharist itself, of course, is the fruit of liturgy, uh, but also adoration itself is a liturgical uh, rite where the exposition of the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance on the altar, that the Lord can be uh, seen and he is displayed, but, but that that happens in a liturgical rite. And then also the, the benediction that is intended to end Eucharistic adoration is also a liturgical rite. And so that's the reason that somebody has to be there at all times, not to guard him. You know, I don't know that the 97-year-old uh, who's there is uh, really going to guard him against being taken or something, but, uh, but rather because we're extending a rite. You have to have, for a liturgy, you have to have a person present. So anyway, all of that is to say it's a really powerful way that we as a church continue to adore the ongoing presence of Christ among us in the Blessed Sacrament. And so that has all of the effect of being a liturgy and that we're doing it together, but then the, the, the personal dimension, which is, of course, the focus of the whole book, uh, is how do, I, how do I pray personally? How do I have that personal connection with God? Doing that in the presence, in the midst of a liturgy that's extended in silence, where I can be with Jesus, who is really present, is a, is a really powerful way to pray. And I that's something that's just blossomed since the Second Vatican Council, as I, I can't remember if I said it in this particular section, but I've said it many times, that I think we've had more hours of Eucharistic adoration since the Council 60 years ago than we had in the previous 1900 years in the Church. Just amazing how widespread that is that has become now. And there's all kinds of fruit that comes from this devotion. Uh, I talked to so many people for whom... That's the that's where their vocation, uh, you know, was really clarified for them is in these moments of Eucharistic adoration. And I got to tell you, Father, when I wake up in the morning and I try and have my quiet time of prayer, I'm sometimes, you know, good at it, quote unquote, and sometimes not so good at it. And sometimes I can focus and sometimes I can't. But the most fruitful time of silent prayer that I have is when I can be just me in the room with the Blessed Sacrament, even if there are other people there where there's no music. There's no words. There's no me talking, right? There's just me sitting there. I find that to be an extraordinarily sort of clarifying thing. But 
there are a lot of people um, who who understand that and who who go to Eucharistic, Eucharistic adoration with some regularity. But there's some people here who hear it talked about all the time and have probably never set foot in an adoration chapel. So do you have any, I guess, sort of crash course tips for someone who would like to go in there but is afraid they're going to do the wrong thing, isn't sure exactly what they're supposed to do with the time? What would you say to someone who has never really done this before to encourage them and to maybe tell them what they should do uh, when they walk in? Yeah, that's uh, and uh, yeah, you can't do the wrong thing. <laughs> um, you know, the basic thing is again, it's really Jesus. So uh, making that as real uh, for us. So that's a reality objectively, but then do I respond subjectively, interiorly to that that reality? And and that's uh, what I outlined. I really love the words of Pope Benedict from World Youth Day in 2005 when he talked about the two movements of adoration. The word in Greek is proskinesis, which is to humble myself, to prostrate myself. And a lot of times we do that when we come into an adoration chapel. We genuflect, certainly, before the Lord, like we would for the tabernacle, but he's there in the you know, present before us, and we lower ourselves. We realize that we're in the presence of Him who is the God of all, who has created all things. But then also, adoratio in Latin is is a kiss. We let Him draw close to us, and we think He has invited us to be in this kind of intimate setting with Him. And then speak to Him from your heart. You know, He said, you know, priests who have found their uh, vocation in front of the Eucharist, you're talking to one of those priests. Um, uh, you know, speak from your heart and ask your questions. What are the things that are there that uh, you really want to bring before him? And uh, imagine him just sitting there across from you, because he really is. It's not just your imagination, but we engage that reality a little bit better when we try to put some pictures to it in our minds, and that helps us to, to speak to him. And what would he say back to you? What What's going on in your heart in those moments? And so just... Uh, making it a natural time of prayer, but just as real real as possible for us, that that is really Him in the Eucharist. And then see what opens up. Yeah, that's that's great advice. And uh, great to hear that there, you're yet another one of those people I know then <laughs> who... Uh, who helped their, you know, their vocation clarified in those in those moments. Uh, you know, at the Coming Home Network, uh, a few years back, I was asked a question by one of our members who comes from a Lutheran background, and they were asking for tips, uh, you know, of what to do. They heard this amazing thing called adoration, and they wanted to try it, but they weren't sure what to do and, and how to do it and how long uh, you have to be there for it to count and, you know, all the questions that you might ask if you have no idea what it is. And the one piece of advice I gave to them was don't show up at uh you know the top of the hour you know like a couple minutes before 11 o'clock or a couple minutes after 11 o'clock because the person there might think you're their relief and then you might be uh left alone in there so if you're going to try it for the first time <laughs> go up maybe like a quarter past <laughs> or something like that uh but go just go i bet you'd be surprised to find out how many places there are within driving distance of you that have this so uh father boniface hicks appreciate your time and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds great. Good to be with you, Matt. Again, Father Boniface's book that he did together with Father Thomas Acklin is called Personal Prayer, A Guide for Receiving the Father's Love. It's linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Got headlines coming up after the break. It's a quarter past. Sunrise Morning Show continues. We've been going through...
years, the Comboni missionaries have traveled to nearly every corner of the world. Founded by St. Daniel Comboni, we are an international Catholic organization dedicated to ministering the world's poorest and most abandoned people. Your donations make a huge impact, and 95% are used to fund our many projects. Find out more at ComboniMissionaries.org. That is ComboniMissionaries.org. Lord, Teach Me to Pray, the Ignatian Prayer Series, can now train you and others electronically to become facilitators and bring the Ignatian way of prayer to your parish. Come to know and love Jesus Christ like never before and help others do the same. Don't pass up the opportunity to join this work of the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. That's LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on Digital Training. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. To ask, why should I pray, is the same as asking, why should I raise my mind and heart to God, since that's what prayer is. But when stated like that, it's pretty obvious. We need to pray because God is He to whom our minds and hearts are ultimately directed. Union with Him is our ultimate destiny. Without prayer, we lose our direction to God as our ultimate end, and thus set ourselves on a path that leads back into the slavery of sin. 18 minutes past the hour. Here's Anna Mitchell with news. A severe... That is, it's headlines. Yeah, headlines. A severe storm outbreak affecting millions of Americans is now causing widespread travel issues. Polls are opening this morning for Ohio's August special election with major implications for November. And the Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace. Matt? Yes. It is artificial intelligence and peace well it's a hot topic anna mitchell i know it's a hot topic we're trying to trying to do our best to i think we know what well we're going to be on vacation next week so in two weeks it'll have to be your topic with father Father ray yeah so anna mitchell i was thinking of you and actually um my wife pointed this out because she heard it in the context of her school and you know some of the administration things that were going on and planning for the new school year. Right, right. Um, a lot of us think of this passage in terms of what uh, Rita Heikenfeld uh, discusses. Uh, but yesterday, the first reading at Mass was from Numbers chapter 11. It is like one of the go-to Bible f- foods passages. Um, so the children of Israel lamented that they are going back, they're going into the desert, but they remember the fish they used to eat, the cucumbers, mm-hmm. the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. Uh, basically, we've done Bible foods Segments on all of those. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But then they get the manna, which is like coriander seed. Mm -hmm. And Rita's talking about that, too, um, Mm -hmm. from time to time. And Moses hears people grumbling because they're tired of manna at this point. And uh, Moses makes the point, uh, I cannot carry all this people by myself, Lord. They are too heavy for me. If, If this is the way that you will deal with me, then please do me the favor of killing me at once so that I need no longer face this distress. So... I just want to point out 
that we talk about the Bible and its relevance to daily life. But mm-hmm. I just want to remind people that nearly every possible manifestation of the human struggle is captured in the scriptures. Even the one that goes, why did you put me in charge of these people, Lord? Why don't you just kill me instead? Which every parent It would be so much easier to just be dead right now. Lord, why'd you put me in charge of these people? Oh, my gosh. You should have seen my kids last night. They're getting all kinds of... You know, people are driving me crazy. All kinds of antsiness waiting for the school year to begin once again. And the extreme boredom that they have been enduring for weeks and weeks and weeks because they have a very boring mom. Um, Yeah, the struggle is real. The struggle struggle is is real. real. And Moses knew it. And And he was one of God's best friends. So we can manage ourselves. It's 21 past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Margie Christie will give us the news from Dayton Right to Life. Alan Migliorado will share the latest adventure Catholic parenting tip for the week. I'll reflect on the life of the great St. Dominic de Guzman with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Being prepared is everything, right? Does your family know your wishes for your final resting place? Gate of Heaven Cemetery, Archdiocese of Cincinnati's pre-planning family services advisors will assist you and your family with your advanced planning by helping you make decisions calmly and with a clear mind. Attend an upcoming pre-planning seminar at Gate of Heaven Cemetery so you can rest with peace of mind. 513-489-0300. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at FortMitchellGarage.com. Hi, I'm Patrick Cagney with Cagney Family Real Estate, Coldwell Banker. Proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. My father, Guy, sister, Mar, and I have more than 60 years of real estate experience to help you with the most important buying and selling decisions. 513-319-7312. It's 23 minutes past the hour. You're listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Happy to have you along with us. Happy to welcome back to the Sunrise Morning Show, Marlon De La Torre. He's Senior Director for the Department of Evangelization for the Diocese of Co- I almost said Covington. For the Diocese of Columbus, he writes at knowingisdoing.org. Good morning, Marlon. Go Bucks. Good morning, Annie. Go Bucks. So over at Knowing Is Doing, you consider mm. this question of whether I can be a good person apart from from God. Now, Marlon, I don't want to hijack this conversation, but can I get something off my chest first? Please do. 
I really hate this idea. I mean, okay, I yes, if you okay. have this banal and, dare I say, Protestant mm-hmm. understanding of good, sure. then yeah. yes, I guess you can be a good person. But mm-hmm. we as Catholics know that we are created good, mm-hmm. and that cannot happen apart from God. Correct. No, you're absolutely right. I think um, it's something I encounter more often now than ever before. It's it's tied into the this, this notion of indifference, whether do I need something divine? Do I need a divine entity to tell me that I'm good? Or can I just define it myself? Can I just be a, a simply good person? And know that maybe there's a God there, or that's fine. He's a happy-go-lucky, jolly man. But really, I, I, deep down inside, I'm a good person. I'm not mean. I'm not immoral. Um, I have different values, etc. And so this this has become more prevalent than ever before. And uh, you, you can't separate really water from the human body. Our, our, our body's really composed literally of 90% water based on the latest uh, scientific evidence that we have of our human body. Uh, and that varies. But um, the same premise, you can't separate really the soul from God. And that really is is part of the the understanding of this article, is the fact that there's something that, that drives our inner workings, both spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and psychologically. So that intellect and will have to coincide with something that is ordered towards the good or towards the divine. Um, it can't just operate in its own little vacuum. And, and that's really part of the genesis. And I could have gone so many different avenues with this article, especially say redemptive suffering, identity, anthropology. Mm-hmm. But this this was a, 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 at least an initial entry into this fray. Yeah, you are much kinder in your consideration of this question than yeah. <laughs> than I ever can be um, in, in conversations. Yeah. That's why you are director of the Department of Evangelization, <laughs> and I sit here on Catholic Radio. But, you know, the, you're, you're meeting people where they're at, which yeah. is uh, the the most important thing or one mm. of the most important things to, to do when, when talking to somebody who is in this mindset that I can yeah. be a good person apart from God. So with that in mind, talk about personal freedom and being good. Okay, I think the, the, there is a there is a common mistake amongst Catholic and non-Protestant or, or even unknown that personal freedom really is based on your own literal understanding of what you're, you're allowed to do on a daily basis. So there's no impediment. Uh, there is no consequence. Uh, there is no, quote-unquote, uh, moral compass that you have to live your life according to a certain code or, or rule. And, and that's just not true because the fact is I can't go out in the street in New York City, for example, and just punch somebody in the face, though that's been happening over the last three years, uh, where the person justified themselves in assaulting someone just because they wanted to. Well, how is that defined? Is that a morally good act or an immoral act? It's an immoral act. It's a violation of someone's humanity and freedom. It's a violation of their ordered good. And for us, it's important that any human being realize that the, there is a standard of living, a standard of preaching, and a standard of worshiping. And those standards exist because we have an intellect and a will, and we have a conscience that drives us to determine what is good and what is evil. If the premise that we're always all good, then what can be defined as evil? Then, yeah. then, then what is a bad act? What does that look like? So then the, the, the issue of, say, specifically fornication, adultery, contraception, or God forbid, um, looking at the whole issue of LGBTQ, all right, for, mm-hmm. for those who are hearing right now and are probably going to get some hate mail just for mentioning those letters, um, all that has to be ordered towards something that either resonates towards the divine or it does not. 
It, it is that clear. Uh, unfortunately, for some, it may not be. But that, that's the whole premise of, of this focus is the fact that there is an order of good. We are made in goodness. We are made out of love. That love just cannot be ignored, even though we try. And, and that's es- essentially this first step in this article is, look, uh, you were made by God. Whether you want to ascend to it or not, there is an ordered structure to why you believe what you believe, and that literally from the origin of your soul, it's ordered towards the good. You may avoid it, and that's fine, but you cannot obliterate it. Yeah, you you may avoid it, but you're also then avoiding true happiness. Of course, of course, and that and that's the thing is, true joy comes with the willingness to offer yourself for someone and expect nothing in return. Mm-hmm. That that is the servitude of, of of our very being. That that's our makeup. And if I'm not ordered towards serving someone, there's something wrong with me. And there's more joy in embracing the suffering of a human being or serving someone who is in greater need than I than anything else. And that's part of this equation that's missing. It's the fact that we've lost the sense of serving our fellow brother and sister in Christ, but truthfully giving ourselves not so I can feel good, but because they are in need. Yep. So, Marlon, in like 20 seconds or less, where would you tell someone to start in forming his or her conscience if they're not ready to read the catechism cover to cover? Oh, absolutely. I think first and foremost for them to see themselves as, am I a servant to someone in need? Do I expect anything in return? If I don't, then that's the first step. That's good. We've been talking to Marlon De La Torre. Go read his piece on this over at knowingisdoing.org. You can find it linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Marlon, thank you so much, and go Bucks. Most welcome, Annie. Go Bucks. And, of course, you can find all of our guests linked at sonrisemorningshow.com. Click on the show notes for today, and don't forget to hit subscribe as well. Get it in your inbox. Half past the hour now on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's time for news. A severe storm outbreak affecting millions of Americans caused widespread travel issues yesterday. FlightAware reports there were more than 1,700 flight cancellations within, into, or out of the U.S. yesterday. More than 8,300 flights were delayed. The weather has resulted in at least two deaths and is bringing widespread damaging wind, hail, and flooding to parts of the south and east coast where the FAA implemented several ground stops earlier in the day. Some tornado washes have ended in the Northeast. Hundreds of thousands of customers have been without power. Polls are opening this morning in Ohio for an August special election. The singular item appearing on ballots today across the state is issue one. The measure would require future state constitutional amendments to get support from 60% of voters in order to pass as opposed to the current simple majority requirement to amend the state constitution. The proposed rule has seen support and opposition from a wide range of political advocacy groups due to the potential impact on the proposed amendment going before November voters, which would enshrine abortion in the state constitution. State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have already voted early in the special election. That's more than three times the voter turnout in Ohio's 2022 primary election. Two U.S. military veterans are dead after a drone strike in Ukraine. Mark Mayfield reports. Former U.S. Marine Lance Lawrence and former Army officer Andrew Weber died July 29th 
fighting in an operation against Russian forces. That's according to various media reports and public posts from some who knew them. At least 14 American citizens have died while fighting in Ukraine since the war broke out. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, which takes place every year on New Year's Day. The theme will be artificial intelligence and peace. A note from the Holy See acknowledges the remarkable advances made in the field of artificial intelligence and which are having a rapidly increasing impact on human activity, personal and social life, politics and the economy. It says the urgent need to orient the concept and use of artificial intelligence in a responsible way so that it may be at the service of humanity and the protection of our common home requires that ethical reflection be extended to the sphere of education and law. It says the protection and dignity of the human person and concern for a fraternity effectively open to the entire human family are indispensable conditions. Pope Francis, on his flight back to Rome yet on Sunday, reflected on the young people he encountered at World Youth Day. Lisa Zingarini reports. Pope Francis said he was very positively impressed by the huge participation and enthusiasm shown by so many youths in Lisbon and also by the successful organization of the event, the best of the four he has attended so far, he said. Commenting on the young people attending the Youth Day, the Pope noted that they are religious, looking for non-hostile, non-artificial and non-formalistic faith, which he said is not easy. Some may object that young people today don't always abide by moral rules. However, Pope Francis remarked, we all make mistakes in life. And despite this, the Lord is always waiting for us because he is merciful while highlighting the need to accompany young people as they seek to look forward pope francis further stressed once again the vital importance of dialogue between old and young so they don't lose their roots in the conversation amongst other things the pope also spoke about his repeated assertion that the church is open to all with no exception asked by a reporter if he didn't think that this assertion was somehow incoherent with the fact that some people such as women and homosexual people do not have the same rights and cannot receive some sacraments pope francis insisted that the catholic church welcomes everyone and that it has a duty to accompany them on a personal path of spirituality but within the framework of its rules each person encounters God in their own way inside the church, he said. I am Lisa Zingarini. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 past the hour. The When you click subscribe at sacredheartradio.com, you get our show notes in your inbox with links to everything featured on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith. To know when your favorite guests are on, go to sacredheartradio.com and click subscribe. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air, treating customers with integrity for over 90 years for heating, air conditioning, water heaters, plumbing, and more. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com skpha.com.
Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Bridgetown Finer Meats, the place to go for Wagyu beef. This beef is bred from authentic Wagyu genetics from legendary Japanese bloodlines. Holistically raised on local family farms, Wagyu is all natural with no added hormones, highly marbled, and absolutely delicious. Since 1979, Bridgetown Finer Meats has continually offered prime beef, top quality pork, Amish poultry, fresh seafood, and a vast array of homemade foods. Bridgetown Finer Meats, 574-3100 and online at BridgetownFinerMeats.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Dominic, Tuesday, August the 8th. And your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be fairly nice today. Right now, temperatures in the lower to mid-60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly cloudy today. There is a slight rain chance with a high of 83 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 65. It'll be partly cloudy with some isolated afternoon storms returning and a high tomorrow of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mix of clouds and sun with an isolated shower possible, a high of 83. Clouds this evening with an isolated shower possible again and an overnight low of 63. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with showers and thunderstorms likely by evening and a high of 85. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. Sunrise Morning Show continues. We've been going through Father Augustine Weta's book, Pray, Think, Act, Make Better Decisions with the Desert Fathers. He's a Benedictine monk, and uh, he's collected a lot of great stories about old monks. And uh, they're great launch points for practical wisdom as we head out into the world. Father Augustine, good morning. Good morning. But today we're actually talking about pigs. Uh, you got a That's monk true. story uh, having to do with an analogy uh, that an older monk said to a younger monk about how pigs... Uh, are bad, but we can be worse. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, you basically said it. It's one of the shorter little stories in my book, but an elder said, the pig always does what is in his nature. Sadly, man can stoop even lower. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we all know that from personal experience. Uh, but when it comes to this question of of stooping low and, you know, really sullying ourselves and getting down in the muck. Uh, right. what, are some, what are some ways that you think that we allow ourselves to do that? Because objectively, I think that most of the time when we're doing terrible things and, you know, making fools and idiots of ourselves, we probably know it on some level. So why do we keep doing it? Sure. Well, because it's fun. <laughs> um, I, I have a friend who is an exorcist for the Diocese of Kansas City, and I asked him once if the movie The Exorcist was realistic, and he just sort of smirked, and he said, boy, if evil were that ugly, everybody would be good. Uh, the point is that evil things are often fun, and I think that's why we do it. But I put this under thinking, under the category of how to think about a problem, because I think as rational beings with the temptation to do evil, we tend to, well, make excuses for all the evil that we do and to and i think we have an astonishing capacity for self-deception um when i when i was in college uh i i both played on a rugby team lived with a bunch of rugby players and worked in the kitchen so i was always bringing back the leftovers and uh, this one time i brought back a six foot by four foot red velvet cake 
the problem was that the next day we had a game, uh, so none of us are sure whether we should eat it or not, but I came up with this astonishing theory that a creature would not evolve that preferred food that was bad for it. So we all said, that's genius, let's eat the cake, and we did, and of course we lost the game, and there was also nasty red vomit all over the field the next day. Uh, probably should have left that detail out, but in case... Uh, the point being that, like, I just, if you really want to believe something about yourself, you can pretty much talk yourself into it. I mean, think of how many people think today that there's, that male and female are arbitrary labels that we just sort of paste on people. Um, I think when it comes to doing, well, doing what we like, we can pretty much find any excuse well, this is why, you know, and I have this kind of conversation all the time with people who are coming to the church from Sola Scriptura backgrounds, you know, mm. and you can make the Bible say literally anything you want. <laughs> I mean, oh, you, sure. re- you really can. You know, people are like, I don't know, man. Some people are misinterpreting the Pope's words. I'm like, not near as bad as people misinterpret Jesus's words. I'm telling <laughs> you, like you can yeah, make Jesus well, put a, a rubber stamp on anything you want to do already. Sure. My sister said that St. Benedict, no, uh, Pope Benedict, people misunderstood him and hated him for it. They misunderstand Francis and love him for it. So as far as she's concerned, it's a net gain. But I agree. I think that if you want the Bible to say something terrible, it will. Uh, Well, and even Satan quotes scripture, right? So that's an easy thing to do, frankly. With a book well, that big, you're bound to find something that agrees with you. Yeah, take anything out of context, and you can use it however you want. But you, know, you mentioned that rugby game, uh, and you know, eating that velvet cake the night before, and how everything <laughs> ended in disaster. You know, my son had a lacrosse tournament uh, a little while ago, and they won their early game, which meant that they got to go on to a later game. But the later game was like at one. Uh, which is right around lunchtime, right <laughs> after lunchtime. And all the parents were supposed to bring snacks, and we were supposed to bring, like, healthy stuff. But, you know, people bring, like, the, the mixed packet of, like, 500 bags of Doritos, like, in a box and, you sure. know, cookies and all this other stuff. And the coach is like, all right, you know, these games are only 40 minutes, so just stick it out, and after this game, you know, we'll have all the snacks. Yeah. You know, just drink water and Gatorade and, and then, you know, try not to eat anything. Well, guess what the kids do? They just, like, plunder it. And guess what happened? They got crushed. (laughs) Yeah. They got crushed. Because in the moment, you know, the the food, it feels like such a great idea. Uh, But, in fact, going hungry is sometimes the better better path. Well, what would be something to say to somebody who, like, they know their decisions are hurting them, but they can't? They just can't look away from the shiny thing. They can't stay away from the bite of red velvet cake. Or maybe they can't stay away from the next drink or whatever it happens to be, even though they know. Like, rationally, they know the consequences. They just don't feel like they can fight it. Like, what would you say to them to keep from going into the pigsty? Well, I think I would say first go to confession because you never know. It might uh, might get a miracle. <laughs> but then also... Um, yeah, it, it, you know, perseverance is a is a virtue that I think is highly underrated today. We tend to want immediate results, and uh, even in virtue, we think you know if we don't achieve them straight away, that that we're doing something wrong. Uh, I was just uh, we're in the middle of our monastery retreat, and 
the the retreat giver used the expression about he said it was he referred to the tyranny the tyranny of the immediate that everything's got to be done and done now or else it, it it feels somehow unsatisfactory but virtue takes work and and thought and prayer <laughs> really you have to wait for these things to happen. the best the best things Oh heck! I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna sound like an internet meme, but the best things in life are worth waiting for, right? Well, that's okay if you sound like that every once in a while. Father Augustine Weta, his book on making better decisions with the help of the Church Fathers, think, uh, pray, think, act, uh, is linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. It's a great read. Um, it's a great like bite-sized like read one little section in the morning kind of book, and it's linked again at sunrisemorningshow.com. Well, we. Talked to a Benedictine, actually talked to two Benedictines this hour, but it's the Feast of St. Dominic, so we should probably talk to a Dominican before the morning is out. And we will, after the break, Father Patrick Briscoe, OP, will join us and uh, talk a little bit about how he's celebrating the day and an upcoming rosary pilgrimage that he's a part of. Stay with us. It's a quarter till. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way, but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the monk shot options. When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some monk shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. Get an insider's look at the latest information from EWTN. Sign up for WINGS, EWTN's weekly email newsletter. Get the latest information about live events, special features, and guests. Connect with EWTN on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Just go to EWTN.com and click on the WINGS link to sign up. Don't miss a minute of all that's happening at EWTN. Get your WINGS today. Fourteen minutes before the hour, here's Anna Mitchell with headlines. A severe storm outbreak has affected millions of Americans and caused widespread travel issues. Polls are now open in Ohio for a special election that has major implications for a proposed abortion amendment in November. And the Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, Artificial Intelligence and Peace. News at the top and bottom of each hour every weekday morning here on the Sunrise Morning Show and a daily reminder that what you are hearing is 
it's actual humans involved. So this is not so someone far. who sampled Anna Mitchell's voice or so my far. voice and is creating a reasonable facsimile of our personalities based on our previous behaviors. You it's know, us. But next week you'll be hearing the best of the Sunrise Morning Show. Which was us. Which was us, but is... How would you how would you describe that, Matt? Uh, it's a recording. A recording. Okay. That's fair. Okay. Okay. Well, that's next week. And man, let me just say, I know some people like check out when they're like, oh, it's best. Our best ofs are really good. They are really good. Not because of us, because of the guests. Who are not us, by the way. I just want to make sure. Do not. We're muddying the waters. Please. Not everything is us. Yes. Anyway, go ahead, Matt. Thank you, Anna Mitchell. It is the Feast of St. Dominic this August 8th, and we might as well talk to a Dominican about it. Father Patrick Briscoe is editor of our Sunday Visitor. He's a Dominican friar, and uh, it's great to talk to you, Father Patrick. Good morning. Hey, good morning, friends. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so how do you plan to celebrate your founder today? Well, I am here in Ohio, actually, in Columbus. With the brethren, so we'll have a we'll have a big mass at eleven forty-five, and then a proper festal celebration afterward. So I think the key part would be to be with be with the community. That was part of Saint Dominic's vision that we would be together, uh, that we would be together in undertaking this mission of preaching, not as solo actors, but but preaching as brothers. You're in Saint Gabriel Radio Country there in Columbus. You're not at Saint Patrick's, are you? And nailed it. Absolutely, right. I am. That's like a Dominican hub right there. Beautiful church, some really cool stuff that goes on at St. Patrick. And I know a lot of our Columbus area listeners very familiar with that parish. Uh, for those who don't know St. Dominic and his, you know, his deal, I mean, I, I guess it, maybe they see a whole bunch of you know priests in these white habits with rosaries hanging off their belts. Uh, what was his vision for the order, and how has that carried through to the present day? Yeah, one place that I like to start with St. Dominic, is I'd like to point out that ironically, despite the fact that he founded an order known for intellectuals, St. Dominic didn't write much. We have literally only a few letters to cloistered nuns. That's like the only thing we have from his hand. So we don't have great volumes of his thought to study, which means that we, when we say, who is he and what did he do, we really have to look at his project which was founding the Order of Preachers, because in founding the Order, St. Dominic bequeathed to the Church a way of life, a novel way of life, um, and it's a way of life that's lived by friars, by sisters, and can be shared in, uh, by the lady, by anyone who loves him. So what is that What is that way of life? What are the keys? Well, I talked a little bit about community. Part of it is living, living together and making a communal witness of the faith. Part of that way of life that St. Dominic gave us was a love for the truth, a love for study. You see, in his in his time in the 13th century, uh, there was a lot of uh, there were there were a lot of challenges in the church, uh, especially in the region where he was active in the south of France. A lot of people had fallen away from the faith, and they'd been taken up, caught up in these different visions of Christian life. One of them was called Albigensianism, and that that heresy had to be set straight. These ideas had to be meted out, and people had to be drawn back to the church. So a love of a love of truth is part of that. So we've got the common life, a love of truth, and then a deep life of prayer, 
I would say it's another one of the core elements. St. Dominic was a canon historically, so that meant that he lived in a in a community um, by a cathedral with, uh, that was overseen by a bishop and prayed regularly with the other priests who lived there. And I think that's a key part of our life, too, keeping that kind of contemplative flame alive, of a resolved peacefulness in the midst of the chaos of the world. They've uh, left such an extraordinary legacy to the to the church. Um, of course, you know Thomas Aquinas, perhaps the most famous of the Dominicans, uh, but his predecessor, his mentor, Saint Albert the Great, pretty famous Dominican as well. Uh, you know, and I think there's some misunderstanding uh, sometimes about what it means for the church to try and combat a heresy. In this case, you referred to what the Dominicans had to combat with the Albigensian heresy and some people might say, ah, oh, what's the problem with just like an idea? Why can't people just have like their own ideas and why can't we just you know, allow for freedom in the marketplace of ideas? Well, Albigensians were doing some weird stuff, man. I mean, like they were they were baptizing people on their deathbeds and then immediately euthanizing them. I mean, there's a bad stuff that was going on when St. Dominic was rolling around. So it's amazing that it was not an order that, you know, the fervor of it died out once it kind of solved one of the problems it was founded to solve. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, Albigensianism was a kind of rigorism, and you see, um, you see different aspects of it. I think kind of crop up today. Like part of Albigensianism was a disgust for the human body, and the solemn sacrament. I mean, you referred to ritual suicide. The solemn sacrament in Albigensianism was to starve oneself to starve oneself and so liberate the soul from its flesh cage to liberate the soul from the body which is which is really a horrific thing because of course we're not just our body we're not just our soul but we are our body and we are our soul and uh, and catholic teaching a right understanding of reality insists on a unity of both so you just you see how you, you see how how tough this stuff is yeah. and how it resonates today yeah, there's elements of it that spring up in, in so many different ways. But the other thing, too, and I want to talk about uh, this because you've got an opportunity related to it, um, the, the rosary, right? The Do Dominicans are known for carrying around rosaries on their belt. And uh, I wonder if you could maybe uh, explain a little bit of why that is and uh, point us towards the rosary and pilgrimage that uh, you're going to be part of. Absolutely. So St. Dominic was known for his love for the Blessed Mother. In the Church, the Dominicans are the first religious order to include the name of the Virgin Mary in our vows, in our, our profession. So we've been, we've been very dedicated to Our Lady since the very beginning. Uh, we quickly adopted the custom of singing the Salve after Compline. We have our own tone for it. So the, these and, uh, and other ancient medieval traditions point to our love of the Virgin Mary from the earliest days of the Order, St. Dominic's own love of the Virgin Mary, and um, again, was well known. Uh, so Dominicans um, quickly picked up the rosary and became uh, ardently devoted to it. So we have um, the, the pious custom of understanding that St. Dominic was given the rosary by Our Lady, and, and certainly that represents the Order's love for the Rosary and how Dominicans, the sons of Dominic, took to spreading the Rosary. So what we've put together this fall, we're, we're tremendously excited about this, it's going to be a beautiful day, is a pilgrimage to the National Shrine, to the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady's house, as it's sometimes called here in the United States, in Washington, D.C., 
And the the idea is that this this day, this event on September 30th, uh, dedicated to the Rosary, will open the month of October. Will open the month of the Rosary, and give us all an opportunity to reflect on the Virgin Mary and on the role of the Rosary in our lives. So it's going to be an, an amazing day, an amazing pilgrimage day. Well, that's uh, the kind of thing that a lot of people are within driving range of, but. It's even better if you're someone who lives at the Dominican House of Studies because a pilgrimage to the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception is about, what, like 60 yards? <laughs> Let's say I, I frequently scoop the indulgences, yes. <laughs> there you go, because it's right across the street. Uh, it's pretty incredible. And, uh, you know, there, there's, well, there's a, there's a whole lot more that you can find uh, if you go to the website. For more information, rosarypilgrimage.org. Again, rosarypilgrimage.org. Dot org. Uh, I may have to figure out how, how I can get down there because that's not too far from me either. Father Patrick Briscoe. Oh, we'd love to have you. Yeah, I, I'm, I may I may show up. You never know. I won't tell you, though. I'll, I'll just sneak in into the back and just pray <laughs> along. Uh, but Father Patrick Briscoe is editor of our Sunday Visitor, Dominican Friar, joining us on this Feast of St. Dominic. Again, rosarypilgrimage.org to find out more information about that. Happy Feast Day. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks so much. God bless. All right, and thank you. We got another full hour coming up for many of you listening across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. It is three minutes till. Did you just receive a Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt because you took our listener survey? One thing the survey told us was how many of you found out about Sacred Heart Radio from our bumper magnets. So imagine how many more will know where they can hear about God's love and mercy by wearing your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt. So thank you for letting the good news be told without saying a word. Every time you wear your Sacred Heart Radio t-shirt and by ordering our bumper magnets by going to sacredheartradio.com and clicking on signs and magnets. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirmed. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoting Realtors. Equipped with the latest technology and market knowledge, Hoting Realtors can make the buying and selling process easier. 513-451-4800 and Hoting.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Working to see the culture of life prevail in the Miami Valley, Dayton Right to Life is here to protect God's gift of life through law, education, and community action, from fertilization to natural death. Find Dayton Right to Life online at DaytonLife.org. That's DaytonLife.org. For over 90 years, the Jesuit Spiritual Center at Milford has enriched the spiritual lives of youth and adults offering Catholic retreats based on Ignatian spirituality. Enter into the silence of a weekend retreat and experience the great treasures of the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Register now at JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. That's JesuitSpiritualCenter.com. 
Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. This is Father Benedict Kroll, the Director of Mission Advancement for the Angelicum in Rome. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Tuesday, the 8th of August, the Feast of St. Dominic. Let's pray a prayer of his in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May God the Father who made us bless us. May God the Son who redeemed us send healing into our midst. May God the Holy Spirit who gives us life move within us. May God give us eyes to see to God, ears to hear God, and may our hands bring God's work into the world. May we walk with God and preach the word of God to all. May the angel of peace watch over us and lead us at last, by God's grace, to the eternal kingdom. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. St. Dominic, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show on a Tuesday morning. Glad you're along. I'm Matt Swain. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls. And up this hour, we have much of which to speak. Catherine Fishlock will discuss a traditional St. Dominic sequence. And uh, it's a sing-along. Well, it's only a sing-along if you know the words. If you don't, you can just listen along. Dr. Jim Schrader will give us some back-to-school tips uh, and maybe some wellness and uh, emotional health advice for you and your kids as you get ready for that. Steve Ray will be along as well. Uh, Chris McGregor to look ahead actually to the Feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross and how she appears in the Office of Readings this week. So stay with us if you can. Two minutes past, news of service of Central Fabricators and centralfabricators.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. There's concern in Washington after 11 Russian and Chinese warships carried out an operation near Alaska's Aleutian Islands. The Navy, in response, sent destroyers to shadow the fleet before it left the area without entering U.S. territory. Alaska Senator Dan Sullivan is now calling for a greater military presence in Alaska. The U.S. is helping Americans leave Niger amid a military takeover of that country. Mark Mayfield reports. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller said more than 100 U.S. citizens were evacuated from the country last week. This is in addition to many U.S. embassy personnel who were ordered to evacuate. Miller added that the U.S. is ready to help any other Americans in the country seeking assistance to leave. 
Nigerian President Mohamed Barzoum was arrested along with his family, and a general was declared head of state. Barzoum was elected in 2021 in what was Niger's first democratic transition since its independence from France. I'm Mark Mayfield. Polls are now open in Ohio for a special election today. The one item appearing on ballots across the state is issue one. It would require future state constitutional amendments to get 60 percent of the vote in order to pass, as opposed to the current simple majority requirement for amending the state constitution. The proposed rule has seen support and opposition from a wide range of political advocacy groups, mainly because of its potential impact on the proposed amendment going before voters in November, which would enshrine abortion in the state constitution if passed. State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have voted early in this special election. That's more than three times the voter turnout in Ohio's 2022 primaries. The Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, which takes place on New Year's Day. The theme will be artificial intelligence and peace. A note from the Holy See says, quote, the protection of the dignity of the person and concern for a fraternity effectively open to the entire human family are indispensable conditions for technological development to help contribute to the promotion of justice and peace in the world, end quote. Pope Francis has written a letter to the priests of the Diocese of Rome. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis first and foremost expressed gratitude for their precious and often hidden service. At the same time, he warned them of what he described as the worst evils of priestly ministry, spiritual worldliness, and clericalism, evils which he has denounced continuously over the past decade. Priests, he said, can fall prey to these evils when they allow themselves to be fascinated by seductions of the ephemeral, by mediocrity and habit, by temptations of power and social influence. The Pope warned, too, of the dangers of vainglory and narcissism, doctrinal intransigence and liturgical asceticism, and all the ways and means by which worldliness can hide behind appearances of religiosity. The antidote to these failings, the Pope said, lies in praise, a sense of grace, and a kind of wonder at the gratuitousness of God's love. But above all, he continued, there is a daily antidote, namely, to look upon Christ crucified, to fix one's eyes every day on him who emptied himself and humbled himself for us, even unto death. Despite the many failings and inadequacies the priests may fall prey to, Pope Francis encouraged them not to be discouraged and called on them to join him in rolling up their sleeves and bending their knees in prayer, inviting them to pray for one another to the Spirit so that they might not fail in their vocations but live up to their calling as passionate heralds of the gospel and true shepherds of their people. Pope Francis concluded his letter by assuring the priests of Rome of his own prayers for them, especially to Mary, Salus Populi Romani, to whom he has entrusted all of them. I have asked her to guard and protect you, he wrote, to dry your secret tears, to revive you in the joy of ministry, and to make you, each day, shepherds in love with Jesus. I'm Christopher Wells. And with college football just around the corner, the preseason coaches poll is out with Georgia sitting atop, receiving 61 first-place votes. The Bulldogs coming off back-to-back national championship victories after crushing TCU in the title game last year. The Horn Frogs are 16th in the rankings. Michigan, Alabama, my Ohio State Buckeyes, and LSU round out the top five. Go Bucks. Today is Tuesday, August the 8th. Thanks so much for listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on EWTN Radio. It's 7 past.
Catherine Fishlock here in studio on the Sunrise Morning Show. Professional singer, musician, and teacher, instructor of the novices <laughs> in the ways of chant for the Eastern Province of the Dominicans. Catherine, it's good to see you. Nice to be here. Happy Feast of St. Dominic. It's a solemnity mm-hmm. in the order that he founded, the Order of Preachers, more commonly known as the Dominicans. And um, so as such, they have some special elements for the liturgy for the Feast of St. Dominic. Can right. you, um, to, so to sort of lay the groundwork for um, what we're going to hear from you today, remind us what a sequence is. Yeah, so um, we have talked about these wonderful poetic texts um, a couple of times before on air. A sequence is basically a poem written specific to the feast day um, that it would be sung on. And they used to be, they were very, very popular before um, before the Council of Trent. And then Trent kind of reined it in and <laughs> said, okay, they're just a feud that we can use. And so, uh, and St. Dominic has his own sequence, which is, uh, which is sung, um, hopefully in all Dominican parishes on, nice. uh, on, on his feast day. So. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so because it is quite lengthy, we are going to get straight to the translation so you can sing it for us. Take us through it. Yes, all right. So St. Dominic lived quite a remarkable life, and uh, in, in the sequence there is a, a note taken of several of the, the miraculous things that happened over the course of his uh, saintly oh, wow. life. So here we go. Now new canticles ascending and new strains harmonious blending mid the hierarchies of heaven. With our earthly choirs according, join this festival in lauding to our Holy Father. For the welfare of the nations called from Egypt's desolations by their God and maker, he was chosen one and glorious, passing o'er the wave victorious in the ark of poverty. Ere his birth, the preacher brother is prefigured to his mother by a hound with torch of fire. So her son, his torchlight bearing, midst the nation's dark appearing, leads them on with full desire. He, another Moses, teaches, and Elias-like, he preaches, sin denouncing with all his might. Samson-like, his foxes sending, and his foe, and the foe, his trumpet rending, Gideon-like, he puts to flight. This is amazing. Keep going. (laughs) From death's sleep, a child he waketh, whom alive his mother taketh, when the holy sign he makes, as in the sign of the cross over the dead child. Wow. Cease the floods, and bread from heaven for his fainting sons is given, which into their hands he breaks. Happy he whose elevation is our mother's exaltation, is her joy and wheel indeed. To his home by saints attended, hath his soul for I ascended, having filled the earth with seed. Like the hidden grain he bideth, like the clouded star he hideth. But the maker of the spheres, Joseph's dry bones readorning, will reveal the star of morning till earth's darkness disappears. O surpassing fragrance, telling of the virtues of that dwelling, which within the tomb doth die. Thither flock the sick for healing, blind and lame the grace revealing that his body lives for aye. Wherefore now with jubilation praise and bless him every nation, cry aloud and crave his care. Sing Dominic the glorious, sing Dominic victorious, claim his help and promised prayer. 
And thou, Father, kind and loving, shepherd, patron, unreproving, kneeling heaven's high throne before, lift for us thy voice prevailing, to our King with prayers availing, evermore and evermore. Amen. Alleluia. Wow. It's quite a story. That isn't is it? quite a story. <laughs> there was some stuff in there that I didn't know about the life of St. Dominic. So you're going to sing this one for us in Latin? Is that yeah. Right? Excellent. All right, it's a big one. Okay, here we go. In celesti hierarchia, nova sonet armonia, novo ducta cantico, cui concordet in aquia, nostri cori melodia, Con gaudens dominico, Egypto vastitatis, virum sue voluntatis, vocat actor seculi, inficella paupertatis, flumen transit vanitatis, Pro salute populi, in figura catuli, predicator seculi, amatri premonstratur, portans ore faculam, ad amoris regulam, populos ortatur. Hic es novus legislator, hic elias emulator, et detestans crimina, vulpe, Radiare in salutem gentil. 
Grancia. E Grecorundet curantur cece claudire parantur, virtutum frequentia. Dominican parishes <laughs> better have that at your mass for the feast of Saint Dominic. That was so beautiful, Catherine. Thank you so much. Thank you. Catherine will be teaching a whole new crop of Dominican novices who are receiving their habits today at Saint Gertrude here in the Cincinnati area. Pray for them. Welcome to Cincinnati baby novices. We're back right after this. It's 17 past. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. Support for the Sunrise Morning Show is from Visiting Angels. Visiting Angels provides experienced, compassionate care to millions of aging adults nationwide by keeping them safe and healthy in the comfort of their own home. Whether it's a short break for caregivers or for long-term assistance, Visiting Angels provides hygiene, meals, light housework, companionship, and more. And services are available up to 24 hours per day. Visiting Angels, online at visitingangels.com. That's visitingangels.com. Franchise opportunities available. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. Hey, Alexa, how many ways can I get EWTN? You can get EWTN on television. 
via cable and satellite on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon Fire, and Google Play. You can get EWTN Radio in your car on Sirius XM Channel 130 and on the go on any mobile device with the EWTN app. And here's the best news. Now you can get EWTN's great programming on me. 19 past. Here's Anna with headlines. There's concern in Washington after 11 Russian and Chinese warships carried out an operation near Alaska's Aleutian Islands. Polls are open now in Ohio for a special election. And the Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace on January 1st, Artificial Intelligence and Peace. And again, Ohio voters uh, in our local hour, you'll probably be hearing a little bit more since it's relevant specifically to you and your mm-hmm. responsibilities. Although we do have a lot of Ohio listeners. We do have an Ohio listeners uh, who are listening now on Annunciation Radio in Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. The Rock the in Rock, Cleveland. The Rock in Cleveland. St. Gabriel, St. Gabriel Radio. Radio. And, of course, Sacred Heart Radio. Sacred Heart Radio, which produces the Sunrise Morning Show. So hopefully you've been paying attention hopefully. to what's going on at the ballot box today. Yeah. And uh, encouraging people to vote yes on issue one because of its implications for November. So... Uh, at yeah, we'll get into more for of that. its implications in November. At least there for are deeper There's, philosophical. There are lots of implications. Yeah. Generally speaking, as Ken Craycraft mentioned yesterday on the show. Yep, indeed. It's 21 minutes past the hour. So you just got home from a restful summer vacation, and you hear that Sacred Heart Radio has a summer deficit. And because of what you just spent, you're not sure if you can help. Well, I am happy to report that our first appeal did decrease the deficit down to $35,000. So, by combining a number of small $5 and $10 gifts, we could wipe out our $35,000 deficit by Labor Day. So, to give a gift of any amount, please visit SacredHeartRadio.com and click on Donate. Thanks, and welcome home. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from St. Margaret Hall, an assisted living and skilled nursing facility sponsored by the Carmelite Sisters for the Aged and Infirm. St. Margaret Hall has been providing loving care to the community for over 50 years. At St. Margaret Hall, your loved ones will receive 24-hour care from dedicated professionals with newly renovated stylish assisted living units. At St. Margaret Hall, the difference is love. On Madison Road, 513-751-5880. On the web at stmargarethall.com. I am Deacon Mike Erb with Coldwell Banker Realty, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio because I am a faithful listener and I'm happy to help you with buying or selling your home. 513-237-8888. That's 513-237-8888. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers. With everything your pet needs, from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait at brozartpharmacy.com. 
The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Dr. James Schrader, Vice President of the Psychology and Wellness Program at Easter Seals Rehabilitation. He's online at james-schrader.com. Dr. Schrader, good morning. Hey, good morning. Okay, so as we kick off the month of August, well, there have been already a whole bunch of ads that have landed in my inbox and uh, have assaulted me as I've gone into regular department stores telling me that back to school is coming. And there are probably some kids who are like, oh, man, summer just started. It's back to school. But uh, what are some good things to kind of have in the back of our minds to help us prepare for this in a way that we get excited and don't dread it? Yeah, I think this is uh, definitely an anxious time of the year for a lot of kids. But so here's a couple thoughts. The first is that as you're headed back to school the next, whether it's week, and our kids are actually headed back this week um, or next week, one of the most important things that we do as parents is to get back on a reasonable sleep schedule. And I think a lot of times what happens um, is that all of a sudden the first day of school shows up and the sleep schedule has been really off for the summer like it typically can get. And we haven't really taken time to adjust the schedule slowly backwards. So if your kid's been staying up a lot later than is needed for school, this week is a great week to start to scale back your sleep routine and to kind of pull back on the bedtimes because it's really hard to go from, let's say, 11 p.m. to you know 9 p.m. and do it all in one night. So that's one that we really should start with and think is a huge thing yeah. this time of year. I, I want to ask you a little bit about that because there are probably some families who don't realize just how crucial that is in your work with child psychology is the idea of getting your kid on a decent night's sleep. I mean, we know that when they're real little. Uh, but as they get older, that can be not only harder to police, but also sort of difficult to realize how to implement it. And you can't just say, all right, tomorrow's the first day right. of school. So right. the night before, that Sunday night before is when I'm going to start getting back on schedule. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, the average, so the target amount for, um, let's say, 6 to 12 is about 9 to 11 hours of sleep total. So think about that. I mean, a lot of kids are not getting that during the summer and, and unfortunately even during the school year. And what we really would you know, um, advise is to, like I said, to kind of scale back slowly. So move those bedtimes 15 to 20 minutes back over the course of a week instead of trying to make this massive jump that's probably not going to work very well. All right. What else you got? So the second thing is this, you know, I mean, I know the summer's coming to an end and it does seem like, you know, it was just last week that we ended school, but I think that we have to be really, really focused on what we say is the present mindedness um, with our kids. And I think a lot of kids get really anxious and thinking, oh my gosh, like I've got a whole school year ahead of me. Like this is too big, too much. I can't go there already. And what we'd say to them is, well, hey, first of all, for most of you, you still have some days left of summer. Let's enjoy that for right now. But even with school starting, no matter where it is across the country that you're listening, let's just kind of focus on these first few days and let's just focus on, hey, what do we need to do? What are some of the adjustments to make? But let's also focus on what are some of the positives? Like what are some of the things you're actually looking forward to? And, you know, if your kids are like mine, like, oh, nothing. Well, let's let's not quite accept nothing. Let's even help our kids kind of look at things that might be more joyful or positive. But I, I think that in life, just like in school, we get so focused on the whole race, the whole marathon, that we are, our kids are kind of overwhelmed by this idea of like, oh, I can't take on another year. And the good news is, you know what? You don't have to take on another year. You actually just have to take on today, and let's enjoy it for what it is, and let's, let's take on the tasks for what they are. You big on kids writing down their goals for a year or the, the goal of a schedule at least they'd want to try to keep? 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, again, goals for the year are fine, but like, like I kind of mentioned about being more present-minded, I would love to hear their goals for this week. You know, I'd love to hear for their goals at the end of the summer, um, a few things that they're looking forward to, maybe a few things, again, that they are challenged by. And I think that what we find with this present-mindedness around this beginning of school is that it's a lot less overwhelming to think, okay, so, like, I just have to kind of ease in and get into this part of it, and then when I get into this part of it, I can take on the next, you know, installment. Um, but I think that, you know, in general, if we, if we talk about goals, sometimes it's just easier to talk about goals at the beginning in this week. Yeah, that can be a little daunting if you do the whole year. Even as right. I was saying that, I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that even for myself. I do say, <laughs> all right, I want to do this first thing in the morning every day, and I'm going to try and do it tomorrow <laughs> to start right. the streak. Right. Right. Uh, that's a little bit yep. more measurable, at least for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that that's the whole idea is that there are certain kids that you know, look forward to going back, and it's great, and you probably don't have to work as much with those kids. But I think no matter where your child is, it's a whole lot easier to kind of like manage and deal with and be excited about what's in front of you than, you know, the, the larger piece of it. And, um, and I think, you know, the other thing I would add this time of year is if your kid did have a rough year for various reasons um, this past you know, school, then let's look at this as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what, it is still a fresh start in many ways. Now, I know that, you know, sometimes they might be coming back into the same school or with similar peers, but the reality is the nice thing about the summer is that it is a reset. And I think for those who struggled, and whether it was academically or socially, it's nice for parents to spend this week and say, hey, you know what, this is, this is the cool thing about life is that it is somewhat of an adventure. And even though you might have had a rough time before, it doesn't necessarily mean that we can't see how this year can be a way to build resiliency and, and build more of a positive experience. And um, we all need resets. That's why sleep is really important. That's why the weekends are really important. And that's why the summers are important. And we have to kind of treat it as the reset that it is. Yeah, and you can come back to school and, you know, a lot of those classmates you might not have seen and, you know, you might have grown a, an inch or two. You might have right. got a right. new haircut and maybe a new shirt. Maybe take a take a fresh start approach to it as opposed to just dreading back to the grind. And, of course, you know, we could do a whole other segment probably, Dr. Schrader, on tips for parents and how to get back on their, you know, sort of a balanced approach to life once the kids are out back out of the house and into the into the routine, but we'll have to save that for another time. Sounds good. All right, and if our listeners want to connect with you, how do they do so? Yeah, james-schrader.com. All right, linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Dr. Schrader, thanks so much. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Half past the hour, here's Anna with news. Good morning. A severe storm outbreak affecting millions of Americans has caused widespread travel issues. FlightAware reports there were more than 1,700 flight cancellations within, into, or out of the U.S. yesterday. More than 8,300 flights were delayed. The weather has resulted in at least two deaths and is bringing widespread damaging wind, hail, and flooding to parts of the south and east coast, where the FAA implemented several ground stops earlier in the day. Some tornado watches have ended in the Northeast. Hundreds of thousands of customers have been without power. Polls are open now in Ohio for the August special election. The singular item appearing on ballots across the state is known as Issue 1. The measure would require future state constitutional amendments to get the support of 60% of voters in order to pass 
as opposed to the simple majority requirement currently to amend the state constitution. The proposed rule has seen the support and opposition from a wide range of political advocacy groups from all over the country, mainly because of its potential impact on the proposed amendment going before voters in November, which would enshrine abortion in the state constitution if passed. State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have voted early in this special election. Two U.S. military veterans are dead after a drone strike in Ukraine. Mark Mayfield has more. Former U.S. Marine Lance Lawrence and former Army officer Andrew Weber died July 29th fighting in an operation against Russian forces. That's according to various media reports and public posts from some who knew them. At least 14 American citizens have died while fighting in Ukraine since the war broke out. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, which takes place every year on New Year's Day. The theme for next year will be artificial intelligence and peace. A note from the Holy See acknowledges that the remarkable advances made in the field of artificial intelligence are having a rapidly increasing impact on human activity, personal and social life, politics and the economy. It says the urgent need to orient the concept and use of artificial intelligence in a responsible way so that it may be at the service of humanity and the protection of our common home requires that ethical reflection be extended to the sphere of education and law. Pope Francis, on his flight back to Rome from Lisbon, reflected on the young people he encountered in Portugal for World Youth Day. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Pope Francis said he was very positively impressed by the huge participation and enthusiasm shown by so many youths in Lisbon and also by the successful organization of the event, the best of the four he has attended so far, he said. Commenting on the young people attending the Youth Day, the Pope noted that they are religious, looking for non-hostile, non-artificial and non-formalistic faith, which he said is not easy. Some may object that young people today don't always abide by moral rules. However, Pope Francis remarked, we all make mistakes in life. And despite this, the Lord is always waiting for us because he is merciful while highlighting the need to accompany young people as they seek to look forward pope francis further stressed once again the vital importance of dialogue between old and young so they don't lose their roots in the conversation amongst other things the pope also spoke about his repeated assertion that the church is open to all with no exception asked by a reporter if he didn't think that this assertion was somehow incoherent with the fact that some people such as women and homosexual people do not have the same rights and cannot receive some sacraments pope francis insisted that the catholic church welcomes everyone and that it has a duty to accompany them on a personal path of spirituality but within the framework of its rules Each person encounters God in their own way inside the church, he said. I am Lisa Zingarini. Home prices are up and reaching highs across the country. A new report from Black Knight says prices went up by 0.8% in June after a long slowdown. That's the news on the Sunrise Morning Show. It's 35 minutes past the hour.
The show notes is where you'll get the links and resources you heard about on the Sunrise Morning Show and Driving Home the Faith and for the podcast to find and replay an interview. To check out the show notes every day, visit the new sacredheartradio.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air. Water heaters, plumbing repair, and drain cleaning backed by Schneller Knockelman's 100% satisfaction guarantee. Schneller Knockelman at skpha.com. skpha.com. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. What makes this marriage prep program unique is you will have two days as a couple to delve into important subjects that will affect your relationship together for the rest of your lives. More time for prayer and reconciliation and closing the weekend with Mass. More information is at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. It's 24 minutes before the hour on this Feast of St. Dominic, Tuesday, August the 8th. And your forecast is brought to you on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio by Schneller Knockelman Plumbing, Heating, and Air online at skpha.com. Looks like it's going to be fairly nice today. Right now, temperatures in the lower to mid-60s as you're heading out the door. For Cincinnati, it'll be partly cloudy today. There is a slight rain chance with a high of 83 degrees. A few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 65. It'll be partly cloudy with some isolated afternoon storms returning and a high tomorrow of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mix of clouds and sun with an isolated shower possible, a high of 83. Clouds this evening with an isolated shower possible again and an overnight low of 63. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with showers and thunderstorms likely by evening and a high of 85. This is Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. The Sunrise Morning Show continues. I'm Matt Swaim, joined now by Steve Ray from CatholicConvert.com. He's joining us live from Poland this morning. Steve, good morning. Good afternoon. We're it's about two o'clock, all close to that, and we're just we're just leaving Czestochowa, which is the heartland of Polish spirituality, and that's where John Paul came many times and celebrated Mass here. And it's the Black Madonna that uh, many believe that Saint Luke painted, uh, but it's been here at least since 700 A.D. And a lot of people are very emotional as we walked through because we got to go. It's up in the front of the church, and there were about 40 priests in there celebrating Mass with the people. The Polish people are just very Catholic. And we got to walk right under the Black Madonna and see her there in all her glory. So that's what we're doing today. Now we're heading to Zakopane, which is the mountains on the border with Slovakia. And that's where John Paul went skiing. So we're going to go up there and have a little, uh, take the cable cars up the mountain, and we're having a blast. It sounds like an amazing pilgrimage. I've had a few different people invite me to Poland before, and I've never been able to go. Uh, but there are some incredible Polish saints to talk about, and one of them's actually on the calendar here at the beginning of August, St. Edith Stein, who we're going to talk a whole lot more about, St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, who was a huge influence on another Polish saint that you just mentioned, Pope St. John Paul II. So, I mean, there are a lot of people to uh, investigate while you're over there. There really is, and we're going to be um, meeting up with Edith Stein at Auschwitz 
we're going to be going there towards the end of the trip. And I, people say, why would you take us to the largest concentration camp? Because I want people to see what, how humans can be so inhumane to other humans. And it was only within my parents' lifetime that that happened. So if it can happen, then it can happen now, and we have to be ever vigilant. But we're also going to go there to see Maximilian Colby, who gave his life in exchange for a father who um, later when Maximilian Colby was beatified, that father came to Rome with all of his family to give gratitude to Maximilian Colby, who took his place of execution was starved to death. So we're going to see him too. And also John Paul II is throughout our trip. St. John Paul II everywhere. We're going to his birthplace tomorrow. We're going to um, where he celebrated his first mass. Just wonderful stuff. And then we're going to be celebrating, um, praying the, the divine mercy with the sisters at their convent. And uh, that's, uh, people are really excited about that as well. It sounds like an awesome trip. Uh, you know, with uh, Edith Stein and, and Maximilian Kolbe being in there, and there's a bunch of other saints, too, by the way, who died in concentration camps or died at the hands of uh, basically the most evil regime that most of our you know, grandparents can remember, <laughs> right? I mean, this is, yeah, this is pretty horrible yeah. stuff, but it produced extraordinary saints. I mean, what sense are, are, do the pilgrims have of, of what it looks like for people like Edith Stein, also John Paul II, right, who he lived under these regimes uh, to have uh, lived such profound, joyful, holy lives despite everything going on around them. We started the trip with um, Jerzy Papalushko, who is a blessed, and he was involved with the solidarity movement with Lekwalesa up in Gdansk, where they started the, the uh, labor union, which eventually gained steam. And uh, Jerzy Papalushko was a very famous, very handsome priest, too, by the way, very devout, who did their homilies for them, and he preached never to hate people, even the, the Soviets, never to hate them, never to... Um, try to get revenge, just always love and be forgiving. And But he spoke against tyranny and all, and, he, and for the freedoms of the people in the Catholic Church. And they ended up killing him and throwing him in the Vestula River. But we went to his tomb, and it's just, it was very moving. That's the first thing we did on the pilgrimage. And they have a big rosary around the yard of the church made of huge stones, boulders chained together. And that is in the shape, the rosary is laid out in the shape of Poland with his tomb in the middle. So everywhere we go, these modern saints are stepping out of the woodwork to meet us. And the masses that we're having at these sites are great. Um, when we also we went yesterday through the Jewish ghetto where the Jews were all herded up into the ghettos and treated so horrendously, and we always think it's just the Jews, but as many uh, as many other people that died as well, the Poles, the handicapped, Hungarians, all kinds of other people died as well in the concentration camps. But overall, I know we've talked about the concentration camps, but overall this is just a beautiful trip because the Polish people are so friendly smiling. It's beautiful weather. You know, Matt, I, the first time I came to Poland was in 1985 when it was still communist. My wife and I smuggled Bibles and medicine and books through Checkpoint Charlie. I was say, you would have been a Protestant Poland. at the time, right? I was. I was a Protestant. I was 1985. And it was Did a, Francis a Schaefer give you those Bibles days. to smuggle in? It was his organization, Labrie, yes. I thought Labrie it might be. With Francis Schaefer. 
They gave me, and we filled our car full of all of this contraband, Bibles, medicine, all the money. And when we went through Checkpoint Charlie, the car in front of us with police dogs barking and electric fences and machine guns in our window, they took the car apart in front of us, the dashboard, the seats, looking for contraband. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, our car's full of it. I said, Lord, make us invisible. It took them an hour to take that car apart. When it was our turn, we drove up. They looked in, and they waved us through, and they said, go. And we just were so grateful to God, and we were able to deliver all that to the Christians here. But that was our first time here, and I brought that up only because the difference you see today. Nobody would look you in the eye back then. No, it was dark. Nobody, Everybody was suspicious. They wouldn't look at you. Now, all Polish people are friendly. They're smiling. They want to shake your hand. It's just, and the Catholic churches are full, and it's just a wonderful time. And by the way, my knees... A lot of people know I had both knees replaced on, uh, four months ago. I am walking so nice. For the first time in, my, in the last five to ten years, I'm walking with absolutely no pain. I feel like I'm floating on the air. Well, that's awesome. And uh, what, a, what a cool story for you to be able to visit Poland. Uh, actually, on uh, both sides of a couple things, right? Uh, as a Baptist and then again as a Catholic. Uh, and, but also, and it is struggling under cold war communism and to see it as free you know and you can't tell that story uh you can't even tell your own personal story of transition without invoking john paul ii i imagine oh no because he was the pope I, he was the only pope i knew you know coming up and into the church and what a heroic man too and then you know how easy it was for us to come into the church with a leader like that and so it, it was amazing And to be here with these Polish people, you know, they stayed strong. Germany fell apart, and much of Germany now is atheistic and so on. The reason is because Christianity split apart over there. And you know the saying, stand uh, united, we stand, divided, we fall. And Germany, because of Luther and others, divided Christianity, and it fell. And today, the guides tell you in Germany, when we've been there, that it's because of uh, communism that there's atheists there now. I said, wait a minute, Poland went all the way through Nazism, and they went all the way through the Soviet communism, and they came out at the end strong Catholics. Why? Because they didn't fall for the lies. They stayed united in loyal to the Catholic Church and to Pope John Paul. They stayed loyal to the Church, and because of that, there was a united front, and it was the Polish people, with the help of John Paul and Ronald Reagan, who ended up bringing the Iron Curtain down, which I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. But it was the faith of these people, these courageous Polish people, that ended up defeating the Soviet Union. Well, and it's incredible, you know, some of those people are on the church calendar now as canonized saints, <laughs> so pretty yes, cool stuff. Are. Well, Steve Ray, thank you for giving us a little window into your pilgrimage there in Poland. Pray for us while you're over there, and we'll link your website so people can figure out how to join you on your next trip. Thank you, and every day I'm putting up videos, so you can join us virtually every day with uh, YouTube videos I'm putting up. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks so much, Steve. Have a blessed day. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. It is 14 till. We're going to talk more about St. Edith Stein uh, as she appears in the Office of Readings with Chris McGregor from Discerning Hearts. Stay with us. Support is from Solidarity HealthShare. Do you have an insurance plan that pays for everything, even things that violate your beliefs? Have you ever felt there has to be a better way but didn't know you had any options? If you answered yes, I've got some good news for you. There is a better way and a more affordable way. Solidarity HealthShare can save you hundreds of dollars each month while actually supporting your beliefs. 
Because the best news is that Solidarity HealthShare costs a whole lot less than insurance. It's time to jump in and put your money where your faith is and put some money back into your wallet at the same time. Join Solidarity HealthShare, a faith-based healthcare sharing community. Prices start as low as $384 a month for families. Call to see how much you can save. 844-334-3245. That's 844-334-3245. Solidarity HealthShare. 844-334-3245. Do you use a single brew coffee maker at your home or in your workplace? The Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have single-use coffee pods especially for you. Go to the Mystic Monk Coffee site through our site, sunrisemorningshow.com, to browse the Monk Shot options. When you check out, we'll earn a commission. And why not brew it straight into a Sunrise Morning Show mug or travel mug? You can find those in our online store. Buy a mug and link for some Monk Shots for your Keurig at sonrisemorningshow.com. What's stopping you from becoming a Catholic? Why can't women become priests? I don't understand why I have to earn salvation. How is it possible that God created every? Why do I need to confess my sins to why a priest? Why is the Catholic Church so unwilling to recognize? The Catholic Church is too rich. Catholics worship Mary and our community. As far as I'm concerned, all religions are equal. You are called to communion with Dr. David Anders. Today, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Do you have an important prayer need? We'll pray with you today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie on most of these EWTN stations. And now back to the Sunrise Morning Show. Twelve minutes before the hour, here's Anna with headlines. Several, a severe storm outbreak affecting millions of Americans has been causing widespread travel issues and power outages. Polls are now open in Ohio for the special election on issue one, which has major implications for a proposed amendment that would enshrine abortion in Ohio's constitution. That's up in November. And the Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, Artificial Intelligence and Peace. You can hear news at the top and bottom of each hour right here on the Sunrise Morning Show. Back with us now on the Sunrise Morning Show is Chris McGregor from DiscerningHearts.com. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Anna. Why would we need artificial intelligence when we have you and Matt? Oh, well, we were just talking about this. We're going to be on vacation next week. And so we were like, is that kind of like what we're talking about here when you hear recordings of our voices? There's all kinds of, you know, conversations that could be had around that. But not really my cup of tea in terms of, well, I don't know. I guess it's kind of interesting, but I would much rather talk about the Office of Readings today because it's one of my girls that we're getting this week. Uh, our selection from the Office of Readings this week is for the August 9th Feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, also known as Edith Stein. And Chris, so for for those listening who might not be familiar with her, like, what would you tell them about her? I would, uh, she was a gift to all of us yeah. in her witness, in her brilliance, her humility. Edith Stein, and I, I think she would prefer to be called St. Teresa Benedict of the Cross, don't you? Because yeah, I do. that's a name that she chose for herself to reflect her, her love and respect 
for not only her spiritual mother, St. Teresa of Avila, who, whose book that she read, The Life of Teresa, was instrumental. After she spent all night reading it, one day she said, this is truth. And it led her into this, this wonderful uh, journey that would take her ultimately, believe it or not, to the martyrdom at Auschwitz. Yeah. She has such a beautiful story and has such beautiful writings. And when you proposed this reading for our discussion today, Chris, you described it as the core of her legacy. Tell us about that. Well, she is. She's one who understood what the passion of Christ meant. It meant for all of us who were uh, born, as she will point out, reminds us in our baptism that we are baptized into the uh, the death of Christ, and we rise with him into new life. And this is at a time when the world is absolutely, uh, it, it's eating itself. We are killing our, our family members, our friends, our neighbors, all throughout Europe and around the world and what would become the outbreak of World War II. And Edith, in this uh, understanding of co-passionating, it means that we, we enter in with Christ and with our brothers and sisters into not only our sufferings, but into the sufferings that they endure so that we we co-passion, we help them to carry the cross. It's not enough just to have sympathy, but it's also to to enter into it with others, to model and to it, not to just model, but to be and allow Christ in us to assist others and to uh, shine that law of the of the ultimate law, the law of love. Yeah, I was really struck by just the first couple of of lines of this reading in the Office of Readings. Knowing her story as as someone who was born Jewish and would eventually become Catholic and a religious sister taking the name of the cross, um, which I think is so telling in, in any number of ways. But she writes here, Christ put on the yoke of the law, fulfilling the law's commands and dying for the law and through the law. By this, he freed those who desire to receive life through him, but they cannot receive that life unless they themselves offer their own lives. I mean, I think about the the fact that, that she grew up under the law that she's mm-hmm. talking about and how much St. Paul and his teachings on Christ's fulfillment of the law affected her and and really, I mean, are are permeating throughout this entire reading. Well, what's a, a violation of the law? It's sin. Yeah, that's that's ultimately when you violate the law, you're violating, um, you're doing so in your sin. It's the embracing that is everything that's counter God's love uh, and love for the uh, for our neighbors. It, it's a violation that hurts ourselves, and so. When he takes on and it exemplifies what truly the commands of the law are, they're, they're to love. And you look at, even if you get really, go to the Ten Commandments, right? Mm-hmm. They're ultimately a fulfillment of how you love in the world. Yeah. And so he did that and he even took it into his own suffering and the great humility. It's the opposite of what everything we're supposed to operate in this world 
it is it's a totally counter that and for her as a jew to see that this crucifixion of christ and the entrance into this passion is so fundamental because it 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 flips everything on its head and why would so many die and how and experience this great love and witness to this if it weren't truth yeah and it, it ultimately it ended up touching her so deeply that she knew that she couldn't just stay in her religious experience but she also had to go out in the world and witness to that love and she ultimately did that when she decided to stay and be constricted yes. then to to that journey to Auschwitz. Yes, and and uniting that suffering to the cross. Um, can you? I love how she uses the imagery of the shepherd's sling to describe <laughs> the cross. Can you close us out talking about that, Chris? Sure. She says it is the shepherd's sling with which the divine David battles the evil Goliath. It's in that Christ, his weapon is the crucifix, you know, and for us, just gaze upon that today. I mean, that's what Edith Stein would have, I think it would ask us to do. You want to see what love looks like? Look at the crucifix. Looking at because he's so, he, he died for us there and he took on all sin. And there, there's victory even in that. We're all going to suffer, right, Anna? Mm -hmm. It's all going to affect us. But how, what we do with that and how we live that out, that's what makes the difference. Yeah. Well, when we are baptized into Christ, we are baptized into his body, which died on the cross. And so, yeah, we are called to be suffering along with him, which then, of course, as she says, the cross is not the end. It is lifted up and shows us the way to heaven. Amen. So beautiful from the Office of Readings for the August 9th Feast of St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. We've been talking about it with Chris McGregor. Chris, thank you so much. Thank you, Anna. All right, that'll do it for this Tuesday edition of the Sunrise Morning Show for EWTN. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Margie Christie will give us the news from Dayton Right to Life. Alan Migliorado will share the latest adventure Catholic parenting tip for the week. I'll reflect on the life of the great St. Dominic de Guzman with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Twin Dental of Cincinnati. Since 1986, twin brothers Drs. David and Michael Rothen have been providing superior dental care in a relaxed and comfortable setting for the entire family. The Twin Dental Doctors utilize advanced dentistry techniques from sedation to implants and the latest in cosmetic options to preserve and beautify smiles. Twin Dental, located just off the I-275 exit at Hamilton Avenue. For a complimentary evaluation, 513-825-6111 and online at twindental.com. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. Diamond and CBN are the most advanced cutting tools because they are the hardest materials known. These enable you to machine three to eight times faster compared to carbide while reducing downtime for tool changes by 90%. Improve your productivity when machining hard, cast, and powdered metals or difficult-to-machine materials. Find out more at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com. 
Fortmitchellgarage.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. The Cincinnati Chapter of Legatus is a national network of Catholic business owners, CEOs, and managing partners facing the challenges of faith, family, and business each day. We meet once a month with our spouse for a mass, dinner, and speaker. We have the support of the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and many members throughout the parishes, including yours. We would appreciate the chance to share what we are about with you and enjoy Mass together soon. Contact us at Cincinnati at Legatus.org. That's Cincinnati at Legatus.org. I am Father Rufino Ezama, the Provincial Superior of the Comboni Missionaries. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Continue on this Tuesday, the 8th of August, the Feast of St. Dominic, by praying together in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let your love come upon your people, O Lord. You have called eloquent preachers to proclaim the truth of our salvation. Animate them with zeal for your word. You have instructed your people by your word. Open our hearts to receive the seed of the gospel in faith. You have called men and women to follow in the footsteps of St. Dominic. Grant them wisdom and fidelity to your gift in service to the church. O Lord our God, you sent St. Dominic to preach the good news in truth and in love. Send eloquent preachers into your world today to continue the work of evangelization with his fidelity and zeal. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Dominic, pray for us. It is the Sunrise Morning Show. Thank you for being along on a Tuesday morning. I'm Matt Swaim. Anna Mitchell has news. Paul Lockman at the controls here on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And uh, we got Dominicans all over the place in the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, especially at St. Gertrude. And happy feast day to all of you. Up this hour, Kevin Schmeezing will take a look at this week in Catholic history. We'll talk to Father Patrick Briscoe, a Dominican priest, uh, about St. Dominic and his legacy, and also give you uh, an insight, a window into a pilgrimage, a rosary pilgrimage that the Dominicans are hosting in Washington, D.C., in case any of you want to head over there. Dr. Jared Stout will discuss uh, the development of the theology of the Eucharist, and then Andrew Swafford, who is part of that team that put together the Catholic Guide to the Old Testament with Ascension Press, is going to give us a look at one of the most exciting books in the Old Testament that maybe you're not as familiar with as you should be, the book of Joshua, Joshua, the successor of Moses. So stay with us if you can. Right now it is two minutes past 
News of service of Bridgetown Finer Meats and BridgetownFinerMeats.com. Here's Anna Mitchell. Good morning. The polls are open for Ohio's August special election over issue one. The measure would require future state constitutional amendments to get the support from 60 percent of voters in order to pass, as opposed to the current simple majority requirement to amend the state constitution. The proposed rule has seen support and opposition from a wide range of political advocacy groups all over the country because of its potential impact on the proposed amendment going before Ohio voters in the fall, which, if passed, would enshrine abortion in the state constitution. State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have voted early in this special election. That is more than three times the voter turnout in Ohio's 2022 primaries. Crews are working to restore power across some areas of the eastern United States after severe storms battered the region yesterday. At least two people were killed and more than a million people lost power at the height of the outages. Tornado watches and warnings stretched across 10 states from Tennessee to New York with high winds sending power lines into to homes and roads. More than 2,600 flights were canceled yesterday and some 7,900 delayed. The U.S. is helping Americans leave Niger amid a military takeover of the country. Mark Mayfield reports. State Department spokesman Matthew Miller said more than 100 U.S. citizens were evacuated from the country last week. This is in addition to many U.S. embassy personnel who were ordered to evacuate. Miller added that the U.S. is ready to help any other Americans in the country seeking assistance to leave. Nigerian President Mohamed Barzoum was arrested along with his family and a general was declared head of state. Barzoum was elected in 2021 in what was Niger's first democratic transition since its independence from France. I'm Mark Mayfield. The Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, which takes place every year on New Year's Day. The theme will be artificial intelligence and peace. A note from the Holy See acknowledges that the remarkable advances in the field of artificial intelligence are having a rapidly increasing impact on human activity, personal and social life, politics and the economy, saying, quote, the urgent need to orient the concept and use of artificial intelligence in a responsible way so that it may be at the service of humanity and the protection of our common home requires that ethical reflection be extended to the sphere of education and law. End quote. Pope Francis has written a letter to the priests of the Diocese of Rome. From Vatican Radio, Christopher Wells reports. Pope Francis first and foremost expressed gratitude for their precious and often hidden service. At the same time, he warned them of what he described as the worst evils of priestly ministry, spiritual worldliness, and clericalism, evils which he has denounced continuously over the past decade. Priests, he said, can fall prey to these evils when they allow themselves to be fascinated by seductions of the ephemeral, by mediocrity and habit, by temptations of power and social influence. The Pope warned, too, of the dangers of vainglory and narcissism, doctrinal intransigence and liturgical asceticism, and all the ways and means by which worldliness can hide behind appearances of religiosity. The antidote to these failings, the Pope said, lies in praise, a sense of grace, and a kind of wonder at the gratuitousness of God's love. But above all, he continued, there is a daily antidote, namely, to look upon Christ crucified, to fix one's eyes every day on him who emptied himself and humbled himself for us, even unto death. 
Despite the many failings and inadequacies the priests may fall prey to, Pope Francis encouraged them not to be discouraged and called on them to join him in rolling up their sleeves and bending their knees in prayer, inviting them to pray for one another to the Spirit so that they might not fail in their vocations but live up to their calling as passionate heralds of the gospel and true shepherds of their people. Pope Francis concluded his letter by assuring the priests of Rome of his own prayers for them, especially to Mary, Salus Populi Romani, to whom he has entrusted all of them. I have asked her to guard and protect you, he wrote, to dry your secret tears, to revive you in the joy of ministry, and to make you, each day, shepherds in love with Jesus. I'm Christopher Wells. And home prices are up and reaching highs across the country. A new report from Black Knight says prices went up by 0.8% in June after a long slowdown. Prices hit record levels in about 60% of major housing markets in the U.S. Annual price growth has seen over, has overall been highest in the Midwest and the Northeast, specifically in Hartford, Connecticut, Seattle, and San Jose. wonder why Hartford. It's interesting. 8.07 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Paul, give me some good news. Hey, I actually have some good news. First time in a while. If you're a Reds fan, Reds took the series opener against the Marlins uh, 5-2 yesterday at Great American Ballpark. Rookie Brandon Williamson, he earned the win and he pitched very well surrendered just one run on three hits struck out nine batters in uh, six plus innings joey vado christian Encarnacion strand both uh hit back-to-back homers for cincinnati for cincinnati for the reds who improved to uh, 60 and 55 all alone in second place in the nl central after the cubs got uh, molly whopped yesterday and uh, unfortunately the brewers one so uh did we you still say set... molly whopped molly whopped yeah you can look that word up that uh spell it oh don't make me smell now molly how about how about this yeah. um the atlantic coast conference is considering expansion the acc the atlantic coast conference i want to remind you again is uh beginning to uh discuss the potential of adding teams like cal and stanford Hmm. The Atlantic Coast Conference. Yep, the uh, pair of schools Cal are and cur- Stanford. Yeah, the uh, pair of schools are currently in the Pac-12 with Oregon State and Washington State. Why is Those everybody are, uh, leaving the Pac-12? There, that's it. There is no Pac-12. Pac meaning Pacific. That would be what I remember. Like it named as. after the Pacific Ocean. Yes. Which would be near those schools. And Cal is in California. Which is <laughs> on the Pacific yes. coast. Now, uh, my my one uh, little bar trivia question for you, Anna Mitchell. Oh, I can't wait. Is what is Stanford's nickname? Dun, 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 dun. Do you not know it? Most people the... who are in the know would think... They they bring up their fact the fact that their mascot is a tree, right, which that right, is true. Right. It's the cardinal. Yeah, it's just cardinal. Yeah, the Stanford cardinal. Stanford cardinal. Yeah, yeah. they're ju- they're the. I color. had to think about it for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Well, and I also alluded that it is a you know, it's a it's a trick question. You know, many many people would quickly answer cardinals or 
They're the trees. Or no, something. I knew it yeah. was look. I had to think back to my yeah. college game day. Yeah. Watching. Yeah, I can't get anything by you. You're an Ohio State Buckeye fan. You know all all about the college football teams. And Stanford used to have a time. I believe John Elway went to Stanford. Did he? He did. I I, I know that. I don't know why I said I believe. I, I do. John know. Elway. John Elway. Really? There you go. Huh. I'm out of time. I didn't know that one. Yeah. I, try, yeah. I tried to. I learned something new from you today. I try to do that. And mollywopped really is a word. Ha! I still can't spell it, but I'm I'm glad. Uh, M-O-L-L-Y-W-H-O-P-P-E-D. Mollywopped. Ha. Widely used in the Bay Area. How... Well, you how you, left coast of you, Paul? Well, we, we we were talking about San Jose and California and mm-hmm. Stanford. How about that? So yeah. it it all ties together. It's all cultural, re- culturally relevant. Well, speaking of uh, trying to say, Molly I have a sister named Molly. Yeah, it's good. I wish I would have known this word a long time ago. <laughs> no, bah. All right, let's get to uh, traffic now. Molly wop me. Okay, go ahead. Traffic service of Rose Automotive pre-owned vehicles on Erie Highway. In Hamilton, on the web at roseautomotivegroup.com. Hopefully there's no mollywops no. on the roadways. No. no cars mollywopping other cars, at least uh, not that I see on the interstates right now. Uh, some slow spots, though. Northbound 7175 slowing from Turfway up to the Cut in the Hill. Northbound 471 from Alexandria Pike up to the river. Eastbound 74, you're slowing from North Bend into the 75 interchange. 75 is slow as you head through the Lachlan split going southbound in the Dayton area. Uh, it's slowing right around Dryden up toward off and on up toward the 35 interchange. So you're going to need a little bit of extra time if uh, that is your usual route. Now for weather, going to be pretty nice today. Possibility for some rain in Cincinnati and Dayton. It'll be partly cloudy today in Cincinnati with a slight rain chance. As I said, a high of 83 degrees. A few clouds tonight, mild with an overnight low of 65. Partly cloudy with some isolated afternoon storms tomorrow and a high of 85 degrees. For the Miami Valley, Dayton area, mix of clouds and sun with a quick isolated shower possible today. A high of 83 degrees. Some clouds this evening with another isolated shower possible and an overnight low of 63. Mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with showers and thunderstorms likely by evening and a high tomorrow of 85 degrees. Today is Tuesday, August the 8th, the Feast of St. Dominic. Pray for the Dominicans at St. Gertrude in Madeira as the new novices receive their Dominican habits on this is feast day and the seasoned novices will be taking their uh temporary vows next week on the feast of the assumption so big stuff happening for the dominicans today on this feast of their founder 13 past now on the sunrise morning show matt it is time to take a look at this week in catholic history kevin schmeezing here to do that with us each week as he has done now for Closing in on two decades. Kevin, good morning. Have I been around that long, Matt? Good morning. I mean, it feels like as we're talking about this history, one of these dates is going to have to be uh, Kevin Schmeezing joins the team of the Sunrise Morning Show. (laughs) (laughs) That that could be down the road at some point. It could be down the road. But let's talk about the assassination of an Ecuadorian president. 
Yeah, we've got kind of a grim theme this week, assassination and murder, but ultimately edifying lives, so hopefully upbeat at the end of the day. Gabriel Garcia Moreno was born in Ecuador in 1821, the youngest of eight children in a devout Catholic family. Ecuador, like most of Latin America, was largely Catholic, but there were also strong secular, or in the language of the day, liberal elements. Ecuador achieved its independence from Spain a few years after Garcia's birth. Garcia drifted from his faith and into liberal politics during his university days, but during a period of time spent in France, he returned to the practice of Catholicism, and he also turned against the liberal political ideology that was giving rise to revolutions across Europe at this time. So he returned to Ecuador. He was elected senator, then president in 1861. He was elected again in 1869 after a few years out of office and then re-elected in 1875, shortly before his death. He was both a conservative and a reformer politically. He fought political corruption and streamlined the government. At the same time, he sought to strengthen the cooperation between church and state. So, for example, he arranged for the consecration of the nation to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and he signed a concordat with the Pope. Freemasons were active in Ecuador as part of the liberal political movement, and they were vocal opponents of Garcia. As you can imagine, they were enraged by his 1875 re-election, and he seems to have had some intelligence concerning the plots on his life. He alluded to this in a letter to Pope Pius IX, where he said, I have more need than ever of the divine protection so that I may live and die in defense of our holy religion and the beloved republic, which I am called once more to rule. August 6th, 1875, was the Feast of the Transfiguration. Garcia was attacked by a group of Freemasons. At least one biographer says it happened on the porch of the cathedral in Quito, just after the president exited the church. Most accounts say it was on the steps of the National Palace. In any case, Gabriel Garcia Moreno died at the hands of assassins that day. His last words reportedly, God does not die. August 6th, 1875 pretty wild story and we go from an assassination by freemasons to an assassination essentially by the kkk tell us about this one yeah exactly father james coyle in birmingham alabama august 11th 1921 man i first came across this story back in 2011 when oxford university press published sharon davies book rising road a true tale of love race and religion in america one of the book's chief characters is father james coyle coyle was born in ireland in 1873 after ordination in Rome in 1896, he came to the U.S. to serve the Diocese of Mobile, Alabama. In 1904, he was appointed pastor of St. Paul's Church in Birmingham. In that capacity, he got to know a young couple who were planning to marry, Ruth Stevenson and Pedro Guzman. Pedro was a Catholic immigrant from Puerto Rico who some in the race-conscious community perceived to be black. Ruth was the daughter of a Methodist minister who was also a member of the Ku Klux Klan. You can see where this is going, all the hot-button conflicts of the early 20th century South. Ruth decided to convert to Catholicism, and Father Coyle received her into the church. He also agreed to marry the couple a few months later. This was all done secretly because Ruth knew that her father was violently opposed to both steps. But Pastor Stevenson did get wind of it a few hours after the private marriage, early in the evening on August 11th, this week in 1921, in broad daylight with multiple witnesses. Stevenson approached Father Coyle, who was sitting on the porch of the rectory, and fatally shot him. The defense attorneys, among whom was future Supreme Court Justice Hugo Black, successfully argued for a not guilty verdict on the grounds of temporary insanity. One juror refused to vote for conviction, and Stevenson went free. It was a signal of anti-Catholic and anti-Black sentiment in Alabama, but some argue that this case began to turn the tide as the blatant miscarriage of justice turned public opinion against the Klan and its sympathizers. 
This year, as always, a memorial mass will be celebrated in the cathedral in Birmingham, and the Father James Coyle Memorial Project continues to keep alive what it calls the priests call upon others to sacrifice on behalf of the faith and the dignity of every human being. Father James Coyle this week, 1921. Yeah, shooting a Catholic priest in cold blood on the rectory porch is not exactly an act of heroism, even for people who are upset at that kind of uh, you know, affront to their perceived values. But my goodness, what a story. Uh, what a couple of stories this week in Catholic history. Kevin Schmeezing, we've got you. Uh, we've got your book, uh, Catholic Pilgrimage Through American History, as well as the Catholic History Trek podcast linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Matt. You too. 19 minutes past the hour. We got traffic and weather coming up next. Now, Sacred Heart Radio has our own smart speaker channel. Playing Sacred Heart Radio. Yes, now when you ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio, it will immediately play our stream without some of the inappropriate commercial content that you had to sit through from the tune-in connection. So at any time of the day or night to hear Sacred Heart Radio loud and clear, ask your smart speaker to play Sacred Heart Radio. Cabernet Sauvignon, Malbec, Merlot, Pinot Noir, Chardonnay. When you're looking for an extensive selection of fine handcrafted wines from around the world, it's the BFM Wine Shop on Bridgetown Road. BFM Wine stocks over a 1,000 labels of high-quality wine from boutique wineries and small producers. There's also the Wine of the Month, their e-newsletter, and pairing suggestions with fine food. The BFM Wine Shop, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, on the web at bridgetownfindermeats.com. A wedding is a day. A marriage is a lifetime. Catholic Engaged Encounter Weekends are a marriage preparation program led by married couples and a priest or deacon. This is time for a couple to learn about each other and their upcoming marriage. Based on communication, intimacy, and the family they grew up in. Find out more at cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. That's cincinnati-covington.engagedencounter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Central Fabricators. Central Fabricators is currently seeking welders for their ASME code fabrication shop. They're looking for hardworking professionals who enjoy meeting challenges and surpassing customer expectations. Candidates are required to have experience in fit-up and welding. This is long-term employment in a secure, rewarding full-time career with a four-day work week, health care and dental benefits, and paid vacations. More information at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. 21 minutes past the hour now, and this traffic report is a service of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick and GMC in Eaton, Ohio, on the web at LarkinCobb.com. Still some lingering slow spots, northbound 7175 from just before the 275 interchange up to the Cut in the Hill, northbound 471 slowing from Grand Avenue up to the river, southbound 75. You're still on the brakes as you head through the Lachlan split, a bit heavy approaching the 75 interchange as you are driving on eastbound 74 looking at the dayton area things have improved but you are still a little bit slow from east dixie up toward the 35 interchange off and on now for weather partly cloudy skies today in cincinnati with a slight chance for some rain and a high of 83 a few clouds tonight with an overnight low of 65 it'll be partly cloudy with isolated afternoon storms tomorrow and a high of 85 degrees 
For the Miami Valley-Dayton area, a mix of clouds and sun today with an isolated shower possible, a high of 83. Some clouds this evening with an isolated shower possible again and an overnight low of 63. Showers and thunderstorms become likely by tomorrow evening. Otherwise, a mix of clouds and sun tomorrow with a high of 85 degrees. Father Patrick Briscoe joins us next. It's 22 past. I'm Father Rob Jack. Join me this afternoon for Driving Home the Faith when Margie Christie will give us the news from Dayton Right to Life. Alan Migliorado will share the latest adventure Catholic parenting tip for the week. I'll reflect on the life of the great St. Dominic de Guzman with frequent traffic and weather. That's this afternoon beginning at 4 on Sacred Heart Radio. You're on the road to Christ the King. Why wait in endless lines at the pharmacy when Brozard Pharmacy, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, can fill your prescriptions in a timely manner with high quality. Brozard Pharmacy, fast, friendly service without the wait. 513-941-0428. Wimberg Landscaping, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio, has been beautifying properties for over 40 years. Wimberg offers professional one-stop landscaping services from initial design and installation of all plant materials and hardscapes to ongoing maintenance, including lawn service, leaf and snow removal. Wimberg Landscaping, 513-271-2332 or on the web at wimberglandscaping.com. That's wimberglandscaping.com. All are precious in God's sight, no matter our age, race, ability, or residence. Yet many lives are threatened, especially in the womb. Cincinnati Right to Life works to protect the good gift of life at every age and every stage. For more information, go to CincinnatiRightToLife.org. Sacred Heart Radio is blessed to have the support of Larkin Cobb Chevrolet Buick GMC in Eaton, Ohio, offering a wide range of new and used cars, trucks, and SUVs with on-site financing. Larkin Cobb, close to Eaton, Richmond, Dayton, and Brookville. On the web at LarkinCobb.com. It is the Feast of St. Dominic. This August 8th, and we might as well talk to a Dominican about it. Father Patrick Briscoe is editor of our Sunday Visitor. He's a Dominican friar. And uh, it's great to talk to you, Father Patrick. Good morning. Hey, good morning, friends. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, so how do you plan to celebrate your founder today? Well, I am here in Ohio, actually, in Columbus, with the brethren. So we'll have a, we'll have a big mass at 1145 and then a proper festal celebration afterward. So I think the key part would be to be with, be with the community. That was part of St. Dominic's vision, that we would be together uh, that we'd be together in undertaking this mission of preaching, not as solo actors, but but preaching as brothers. You're in St. Gabriel Radio Country there in Columbus. You're not at St. Patrick's, are you? <laughs> Nailed it. Absolutely, right. I am. That's like a Dominican hub right there. Beautiful church, some really cool stuff that goes on at St. Patrick. And I know a lot of our Columbus area listeners very familiar with that parish. Uh, for those who don't know St. Dominic and his you know, his deal, I mean, I, I guess it, maybe they see a whole bunch of, you know, priests in these white habits with rosaries hanging off their belts. Uh, what was his vision for the order, and how has that carried through to the present day? Yeah, one place that I like to start with St. Dominic, is I'd like to point out that ironically, despite the fact that he founded an order known for intellectuals, St. Dominic didn't write much. We have literally only a few letters to cloistered nuns. That's like the only thing we have. 
from his hand. So we don't have great volumes of his thought to study, which means that we, when we say who is he and what did he do, we really have to look at his project, which was founding the Order of Preachers. Because in founding the Order, St. Dominic bequeathed to the Church a way of life, a novel way of life. Um, and it's a way of life that's lived by friars, by sisters, and can be shared in, uh, by the lady, by anyone who loves him. So what is that, what is that way of life? What are its keys? Well, I talked a little bit about community. Part of it is living, living together and making a communal witness of the faith. Part of that way of life that St. Dominic gave us was a love for the truth, a love for study. We see in his, in his time in the 13th century, uh, there was a lot of uh, there were there were a lot of challenges in the church, uh, especially in the region where he was active in the south of France. A lot of people had fallen away from the faith, and they'd been taken up, caught up in these different visions of Christian life. One of them was called Albigensianism, and that that heresy had to be set straight. These ideas had to be meted out, and people had to be drawn back to the church. So a love of a love of truth is part of that. So we've got the common life, a love of truth, and then a deep life of prayer. I would say it's another one of the core elements. St. Dominic was a canon historically, so that meant that he lived in a, in a community um, by a cathedral with, uh, that was overseen by a bishop and prayed regularly with the other priests who lived there. And I think that's a key part of our life, too, keeping that kind of contemplative flame alive a resolved peacefulness in the midst of the chaos of the world. They've uh, left such an extraordinary legacy to the to the church. Um, of course, you know Thomas Aquinas, perhaps the most famous of the Dominicans, uh, but his predecessor, his mentor, Saint Albert the Great, pretty famous Dominican as well. Uh, you know, and I think there's some misunderstanding uh, sometimes about what it means for the church to try and combat a heresy. In this case, you referred to what the Dominicans had to combat with the Albigensian heresy. And some people might say, ah, oh, what's the problem with just like an idea? Why can't people just have like their own ideas? And why can't we just you know, allow for freedom in the marketplace of ideas? Well, Albigensians were doing some weird stuff, man. I mean, like they were, they were baptizing people on their deathbeds and then immediately euthanizing them. I mean, there's a bad stuff that was going on when St. Dominic was rolling around. So it's amazing that it was not, an order that the fervor of it died out once it kind of solved one of the problems it was founded to solve. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. I mean, Albigensianism was a kind of rigorism, and you see, um, you see different aspects of it, I think, kind of crop up today. Like part of Albigensianism was a disgust for the human body. And the solemn sacrament, I mean, you referred to ritual suicide, the solemn sacrament in Albigensianism was to starve oneself to starve oneself and so liberate the soul from its flesh cage to liberate the soul from the body which is which is really a horrific thing because of course we're not just our body we're not just our soul but we are our body and we are our soul and uh, and catholic teaching a right understanding of reality insists on a unity of both so you just you see how you you see how how tough this stuff is and how it resonates today yeah, there's elements of it that spring up in, in so many different ways. But the other thing, too, and I want to talk about uh, this because you've got an opportunity related to it, um, the, the rosary, right? The Do- Dominicans are known for carrying around rosaries on their belt. And uh, I wonder if you could maybe uh, explain a little bit of why that is and uh, point us towards the rosary and pilgrimage that uh, you're going to be part of. 
Absolutely. So St. Dominic was known for his love for the Blessed Mother. In the Church, the Dominicans are the first religious order to include the name of the Virgin Mary in our vows, in our, our profession. So we've been we've been very dedicated to Our Lady since the very beginning. Uh, we quickly adopted the custom of singing the Salve after Compline. We have our own tone for it. So the, these and, uh, and other ancient medieval traditions point to our love of the Virgin Mary from the earliest days of the order, St. Dominic's own love of the Virgin Mary. Um, again, was well known. Uh, so Dominicans um, quickly picked up the rosary and became uh, ardently devoted to it. So we have um, the the pious custom of understanding that Saint Dominic was given the rosary by Our Lady, and and certainly that represents the order's love for the rosary and how Dominicans, the sons of Dominic, took to spreading the rosary. So what we've put together this fall, we're, we're tremendously excited about. This is going to be a beautiful day is a pilgrimage to the National Shrine, to the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception, Our Lady's House, as it's sometimes called here in the United States, in Washington, D.C. And the, the idea is that this, this day, this event on September 30th, uh, dedicated to the Rosary, will open the month of October, will open the month of the Rosary, and give us all an opportunity to reflect on the Virgin Mary, now the role of the Rosary in our lives. So it's going to be an, an amazing day, an amazing pilgrimage day. Well, that's uh, the kind of thing that a lot of people are within driving range of. But it's even better if you're someone who lives at the Dominican House of Studies because a pilgrimage to the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception is about, what, like 60 yards? <laughs> Let's say I, I frequently scoop the indulgences, yes. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you so much, Father Patrick Briscoe. Happy Feast Day to you and all the Dominican-related listeners in the audience this morning. 32 past, here's Anna with news. Good morning. Ohio voters are headed to the polls today to weigh in on issue one. Today's special election will give people the opportunity to change the state constitution in requiring that all future proposed amendments receive support from at least 60% of voters to be approved, as opposed to the current simple majority requirement. In fact, a simple majority could lead to at least 60% of voters needing to approve future amendments. The proposed rule has a major potential impact on the proposed amendment going before Ohio voters in November, which would enshrine abortion in the state constitution. State officials say close to 700,000 Ohioans have already voted in early voting. That's more than three times the voter turnout in Ohio's 2022 primaries. Crews are working to restore power across some areas of the eastern U.S. after severe storms battered the region yesterday. At least two people were killed and more than a million people lost power at the height of the outages. Tornado watches and warnings stretched across 10 states from Tennessee to New York with high winds sending power lines into homes and roads. More than 2,600 flights were canceled yesterday and some 7,900 delayed. Two U.S. military veterans are dead after a drone strike in Ukraine. Mark Mayfield has more. Former U.S. Marine Lance Lawrence and former Army officer Andrew Weber died July 29th fighting in an operation against Russian forces. That's according to various media reports and public posts from some who knew them. At least 14 American citizens have died while fighting in Ukraine since the war broke out. I'm Mark Mayfield. 
The Vatican has released the theme for the next World Day of Peace, which takes place on New Year's Day each year. The theme for January 1st next year will be artificial intelligence and peace. A note from the Holy See acknowledges the remarkable advances made in the field of artificial intelligence are having a rapidly increasing impact on human activity, personal and social life, politics and the economy, saying, quote, the urgent need to orient the concept and use of artificial intelligence in a responsible way so that it may be at the service of humanity and the protection of our common home requires that ethical reflection be extended to the sphere of education and law. It says the protection of the dignity of the person and concern for a fraternity effectively open to the entire human family are indispensable conditions for technological developments to help contribute to the promotion of justice and peace in the world, end quote. Pope Francis, on his flight back to Rome on Sunday, reflected on the young people he encountered in Lisbon, Portugal, for World Youth Day. From Vatican Radio, Lisa Zingarini reports. Pope Francis said he was very positively impressed by the huge participation and enthusiasm shown by so many youths in Lisbon and also by the successful organization of the event, the best of the four he has attended so far, he said. Commenting on the young people attending the Youth Day, the Pope noted that they are religious, looking for non-hostile, non-artificial and non-formalistic faith, which he said is not easy. Some may object that young people today don't always abide by moral rules. However, Pope Francis remarked, we all make mistakes in life, and despite this, the Lord is always waiting for us because he is merciful while highlighting the need to accompany young people as they seek to look forward pope francis further stressed once again the vital importance of dialogue between old and young so they don't lose their roots in the conversation amongst other things the pope also spoke about his repeated assertion that the church is open to all with no exception asked by a reporter if he didn't think that this assertion was somehow incoherent with the fact that some people such as women and homosexual people do not have the same rights and cannot receive some sacraments pope francis insisted that the catholic church welcomes everyone and that it has a duty to accompany them on a personal path of spirituality but within the framework of its rules each person encounters God in their own way inside the church, he said. I am Lisa Zingarini. 8.37 now on the Sunrise Morning Show and Sports on Sacred Heart Radio is brought to you by Dr. Robert Berger and Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine online at beaconortho.com. Here's Paul Lockman. We got a win. Uh, Red snapped their losing streak with a uh, victory yesterday. Over the Miami Marlins, 5-2. to two. That's the uh, first of three games. And Brandon Williamson pitched extraordinary. He was uh, great here in the win after uh, surrendering just one run off three hits. Struck out nine batters over six innings of work. Joey Votto went deep. Christian Encarnacion Strand also uh, hit a homer in back-to-back game or back-to-back uh Back-to-back homers for both of them. So that was a pretty uh, cool moment for sure. Cincinnati. Still sitting in second place. Good news is Cubs off their back after the Cubs lost. Brewers unfortunately won, so Red still a game and a half back of Milwaukee. Game two of three 
takes place tonight. Luke Weaver pitches for Cincinnati. Chris Bruchier is celebrating back-to-back victories in NASCAR Cup Series after his win at the uh, Michigan International Speedway. The driver of the number 17 car warded off Martin Truex Jr. in the final lap to take home the checkered flag at the uh, Firekeepers Casino 400. The race was restarted on lap 75 Monday afternoon after rain postponed the original scheduled contest. That's a brief look at sports. We got more on the Sunrise Morning Show right after this. Jesus said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? Whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Do business with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Check out the angels list on sacredheartradio.com. It's a list of businesses who underwrite Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. And if you'd like to get your business on the angels list, email me, Leah, at sacredheartradio.com. That's Leah at sacredheartradio.com. Tis the season for iced tea. If you're looking for some unique flavors to enjoy, the Carmelite Monks of Wyoming have a number of options, including lemongrass mint, ginger orange, and blossoming jasmine. Go check them out through our link to Mystic Monk Coffee at sonrisemorningshow.com. And when you make a purchase, we earn a commission. While you're at our site, pick up a mug or etched travel mug, which are available in our online store. Get your mugs and link to Mystic Monk Coffee for tea at sunrisemorningshow.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Dr. Robert Berger at Beacon Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Dr. Berger has been recognized by Cincinnati Magazine nearly every year over the past 20 years as one of the top physicians in orthopedic surgery. And he serves as team physician for Xavier University, Mount St. Joseph University, and LaSalle High School. Dr. Berger treats patients of all ages at the Beacon West office on Harrison Avenue and on the east side at Cincinnati Sports Club. For more information, 513-354-3700. Online at beaconortho.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Rose Automotive, serving the Hamilton area with a wide selection of pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Rose Automotive, celebrating over 30 years of automotive excellence. On Erie Highway in Hamilton, roseautomotivegroup.com. listening to the Sunrise Morning Show on Sacred Heart Catholic Radio, 7.40 a.m. and 9.10 a.m. Good morning to everyone listening online or via the Sunrise Morning Show app. We're working on getting Dr. Jared Stout on the line, and so I'd like to take a moment to uh, promote the Sacred Heart Radio app because as I've been out doing parish visits and Matt's been out and encountering listeners all over the country, they're listening via the Sunrise Morning Show app or the Sacred Heart Radio app. And so if you haven't downloaded it yet on your smart device, get on the bandwagon. S-O-N-RiseMorningShow.com or SacredHeartRadio.com. And uh, you can find links to the Google Play Store or the App Store for your iPhone. Dr. Jared Stout joining us now on the Sunrise Morning Show. He is author of the book, How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization, which we've been going through. Good morning, Dr. Stout. Good morning. It's good to have you back. And we're going to start looking at the development of doctrine in the church as it pertains to the the Eucharist. First of all, can you just explain what is meant by development of doctrine? What does that mean? 
Well, it's good to start with what it doesn't mean. Uh, It doesn't mean that the church kind of discovers new things over time. And you hear people saying that today. Well, the development of doctrine, so all of a sudden things that were we held to be false can now be true. No, that's not how it works. Um, So what it means is that our Lord has entrusted his saving truth to us. Um, And that's been something that we've treasured, um, like Mary, pondering these things in her heart. And so over time, the church has unpacked, made connections, thought more about the implications of all of the things that Jesus has entrusted to us, and, and that includes the Eucharist. Um, and so some people say, for instance, that, let's say, transubstantiation, that term, which I like to translate thing-changingness, right, that <laughs> yeah. the bread and wine change into um, the body and blood of Christ, that that is a medieval doctrine. But one of the things I show in the book is that some of the earliest references to the Eucharist speak of it. And one example is St. Justin Martyr um, in the uh, mid-2nd century that speaks about transmutation of the bread and wine into the body and blood of Christ. So it's not transubstantiation, but it's pretty darn close. And so the church does come up with terms like transubstantiation and and other things and understanding what does it mean for you know, the substance of bread and wine to become the substance of Christ's body and blood. Uh, these are theological terms, and they draw upon philosophy. And so we've fine-tuned the way that we've been able to talk about the Eucharist over time, um, but we haven't, like, discovered anything new about the Eucharist. So that's how the development of doctrine works. Right. I mean, the Church, as you point out in the book, has been celebrating the Eucharist as the body and blood of Christ since the Last Supper. That's right, and so it's the one consistent thing that you can really see about the church, you know, uh, maybe baptism and the Eucharist being like the, these, these core pillars um, of the Christian life. And Well, sorry, yeah, I'm going to jump in. Can you talk about the way in the early church that new Christians were catechized uh, about the Eucharist? Talk about how, like, when and how they learned about the Eucharist. Well, you know, the first thing that someone in the Greco-Roman world would have heard about the Eucharist is that Christians are cannibals, and they gather together in the night to to eat flesh and to drink blood. Um, And so that was the the kind of the rumor going around about Christians. Uh, But when someone wanted to learn more about the Christian faith, they would actually just start conversing with Christians that they knew, maybe that their neighbors or people they worked with. But there was something in place called the Disciplina Arcana, um, which was a kind of protective secret about the the sacraments, all of the sacraments. And so non-Christians might know, okay, uh, you know, that Christians do have certain rituals, they have a ritual meal, they have different initiation rites, that they pray over the sick. But the actual details of how the sacraments were performed were kept secret until the moment of initiation, right? So literally at the Easter vigil, people did not know exactly how they were going to be baptized or what the Mass was even like. Once you became a catechumen, you could stay at the Mass through the homily, but it wasn't until you were baptized that you could even attend the full Mass. So even that second half of the Mass uh, was a secret. Wow. Um, And the idea here was that 
that the sacraments in the Eucharist were so holy that someone had to be tested and proved and, and instructed and made ready to be able to enter into the mystery of the sacraments. Wow. I mean, that sounds so wild to us nowadays, doesn't it? But but there was some real reasoning behind waiting to teach the neophytes about the sacraments after they first received them. I mean, you just started on on down that road, Dr. Stout. I mean, when you're thinking about a time of, of major persecution, you really did have to protect that. So there was the element of protection for sure. And, and you see some of the church fathers saying, we do not place our pearls before the swine, quote, mm. quoting Jesus from the Gospels. Wow. But there's another reason as well. And, and the, the word mystery actually means something that we're not even able to talk about. And there is a, a way, and I think we have really lost this sense, that the, the things that we believe and the mysteries we celebrate in the church, the sacraments, are so holy that we, we can't just really talk about them adequately. And so there was a sense in which the formation was really ordered towards conversion and, and growth and virtue and learning the story of salvation history but that you really had to experience this and that the entering into the mysteries themselves and receiving that grace was essential to even then talking about uh, the mystery of the sacraments. Well, we'll leave it there for now, and we'll look forward to picking up the conversation the next time we get together. In the meantime, encourage folks to pick up a copy of How the Eucharist Can Save Civilization. It's from Tan Books, and you can find it linked at sunrisemorningshow.com. We've been talking to Dr. Jared Stout, the author. Dr. Stout, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. All right. It is 13 till Andrew Swafford joins us next. Central Fabricators, proud supporters of Sacred Heart Radio, custom builds and repairs corrosion-resistant storage tanks, reactors, and pressure vessels. These are used to manufacture liquids used in everyday products like health and beauty aids, pharmaceuticals, and food. Central Fabricators uses the latest in technology and modern equipment to deliver quality products, and big orders are not a problem. Central Fabricators, ASME certified, and on the web at centralfabricators.com. That's centralfabricators.com. You rely on your car, so rely on the experts at Fort Mitchell Garage, a proud supporter of Sacred Heart Radio. They can do it all from brakes, tires, and heating and cooling to towing and collision repair and more. Fort Mitchell Garage on Dixie Highway and Park Hills. On the web at fortmitchellgarage.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Fred Espenchide Plumbing. For plumbing and remodeling, Fred brings 55 years of experience to his work. Licensed in Ohio and Kentucky. Fred Espenchide, your pro-life plumber. 859-441-0950. 859-441-0950. For Catholics, being united with God for eternity is the goal of earthly life. A Catholic cemetery is sacred because it holds our bodies, once temples of the Holy Spirit, until the Lord comes again. The Archdiocese of Cincinnati has consecrated Gate of Heaven Catholic Cemetery to provide this ministry and remind us that life is not ended, but changed. Today, you can ensure that you and your loved ones are interred in accordance with your faith. Call 513-489-0300 or visit gateofheaven.org. Eleven till. It's time for our weekly Old Testament Bible study here on the Sunrise Morning Show using a Catholic guide to the Old Testament from Ascension Press. You can pick up your own copy to study along with us at ascensionpress.com 
slash Old Testament. And we're here with Dr. Andrew Swafford, one of the co-authors of the guide. Andrew, good morning. Good morning, Annie. Great to be with you. It is good to have you back. And today we are going to be getting a primer on the book of Joshua. So we are now out of the Pentateuch and post-Moses and into a section of the Bible known as the historical books. Why are they known as the historical books? Well, yeah, they, so we typically think of Joshua, Judges, 1, 2, Samuel, 1, 2, Kings, uh, and First and Chronicles as historical books because they, they kind of trace the history uh, from, from the time of Moses to the rise and fall of the uh, Davidic kingdom. Uh, interestingly, in the, in the Jewish tradition, these uh, 1, 2, Samuel, Joshua, Judges, 1, 2, Kings are known as the uh, former prophets, um, mm-hmm. and the latter prophets are the ones that we know as the prophets, more typically Isaiah, Ezekiel, and company. Uh, I think part of that, uh, one thing we can get from that is that these books, even though we call them historical books, they're both historical and theological. They're sort of history from kind of God's point of view. Interesting. Okay, so now we will dive into the book of Joshua. Tell us about our protagonist here and his importance in the history of Israel. Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of, uh, you see the beginning of Joshua, um, like Joshua 3 and 4, as they cross the Jordan River, uh, the narrative is recounted in a way that calls to mind the Red Sea crossing. So it's really kind of the completion of the Exodus. You know, God delivers Israel from Egypt, but for the Promised Land, for ultimately worship at the temple in the Promised Land. And so you see that that clear uh, connection. The other thing that the Church Fathers notice very, you know, right away is uh, if you read the Greek Old Testament, the name Joshua is Jesus. It's Jesus. And so Jesus, Joshua, leads the people across the Jordan River into the Promised Land, just as, think like the baptism of our Lord, uh, you know, our risen Lord Jesus uh, leads, you know, in terms of his baptism, through the Jordan River, he's bringing about the new Exodus, not from Egypt and slavery there, but from the slavery of sin into heaven itself. Interesting. So Jesus' name is Joshua, or Joshua's no, name is Jesus? Yeah, so in Hebrew, Yehoshua, whereas it gets kind of morphed in Aramaic, Yeshua, it's the same root, Yasha, it means to save uh, for Joshua's name and Jesus' name. And in the Greek, when you, if you're reading the Greek Old Testament, uh, it's the exact same as the name of our Lord Jesus in uh, the Gospels. And so then this book of Joshua can take on a greater meaning in not just the story of the Israelites, but in the greater story of salvation history as we get the full picture as, uh, as the Great Adventure series uh, seeks to do. That, that's exactly right. That's so important because there's a lot of parts uh, often, especially in the book of Joshua, that can be kind of troubling, like all these battles and what's going on here. And even the great St. Augustine in his confessions, uh, the end of book five, he talks about how the Old Testament was a stumbling block for him to return back to his Catholic faith. And it wasn't until St. Ambrose taught him to read the Old Testament spiritually that he really was able to come on board. And so the, the promised land really is a type of figure of heaven. And so the battles fought to attain the promised land really become images of the spiritual battles we must undergo to attain the ultimate promised land, heaven itself. Well, I want to get back to that point in, in just a minute here. But, but first of all, I think it's important for those that are not familiar with, with the book of Joshua to, to get a bigger picture of, of what happens throughout this book. So can you give us an overview of the, the events that we read about in there? Yeah, so they, they enter the land, they come through the Jordan River, uh, so they're crossing into the Promised Land, that, you know, they, what's going to be the land of Israel, the land of Canaan. 
Um, and they're kind of preparing from chapters one through five. And then six, they, they take Jericho and they, they take it in a unique way, right? So the, the priests are to march around the city seven times with the Ark of the Covenant. And on the seventh day, the walls go down. So even in the book of Joshua itself, it's a spiritual battle. The strength is in the Lord. And when you get to the book of Revelation, for example, the seven trumpets, that calls to mind the fall of Jericho because these seven trumpets, the trumpet blast, that brings the walls down. And so uh, from there through chapter 11, it, it really kind of uh, recounts these battles that they fight against um, the Canaanites in the land. Um, and then as you move from 12 and 13, 13 and following, uh, 13 to 23 gives the uh, sort of tribal inheritance. And so each tribe, each of the 12 tribes, will have a different part of the land. And then by chapter 24, uh, you know, Joshua has to plea with his people to remain faithful. As for me and my house, many of your listeners will know this, this passage, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, you know, abandon the idols. So on the one hand, you can get a kind of superficial image of Joshua as like they just kind of conquered everything instantly. But when you read closer, you realize, no, it was a slow and gradual thing, and really they they didn't. There's much left, and they actually weren't that successful, uh, despite the beginning successes. And part of it, in the theme of Joshua, really, it's about faithfulness. It's sort of like the passage in Exodus fourteen fourteen, um, just this call for them to rely on the Lord. The Lord will fight for you. Their strength is in the Lord. That really is the theme of Joshua, and it kind of continues in a negative way in the next book, in the book of Judges. Oh, yeah, and we've got a lot to talk about in the book of Judges the next (laughs) time we get together, Andrew. But um, let's address this difficult issue that that we encounter in the book of Joshua, that being that these battles, as you were mentioning, I mean, even women and children are slaughtered by Joshua and his and his soldiers. So can you address that issue? Yeah, so, I mean, this is one of the, the hardest questions there is to address. I think maybe a couple of things can kind of just help a little bit, but, but uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a perennial issue, and it, it's not a new issue. The Church Fathers wrestled with this, ju- you know, just as we I just mentioned St. Augustine. Um, so a couple things we could say. One, there is a good bit of hyperbole and war rhetoric uh, in the book of Joshua. Sometimes it says, we killed everyone, and then you see chapters like, like, oh, there's still people here. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and there's been research done comparing Joshua to late second millennium war accounts in, in the ancient Near East. And the same kind of war rhetoric that you often hear elsewhere shows up here. So on the one hand, we, we need to kind of be, you know, not read it superficially, but realize there's a lot of hyperbole, hyperbolic rhetoric going on here. Um, two, there's a deep sense in the ancient world of kind of a corporate mentality. And you see this with Israel's story later on when they're unfaithful and God raises up Assyria and Babylon to kind of bring judgment upon his own people. And, and there's a sense in the book of Joshua that here it's the reverse, that Israel's people become, Israel becomes an instrument of justice in that um, the text, I mean, again, this is not going to make it easy, but um, there's a sense in which the Canaanites weren't innocent, child sacrifice, yeah. lots of sexual deviancy. Um, but I think the real answer that I mentioned earlier really is that the promised land becomes an earthly figure of heaven itself. And so we have to read you this in light of the, the New sin. Testament yeah, and the new promised land, heaven itself. Ascensionpress.com slash Old Testament. Andrew Swafford, thank you so much. Uh, great to be with you, Andy. Take care. You too. May God bless you and keep you and grant you his peace. Support for Sacred Art Radio is from Molly Maid of Westchester. With 30 years of trusted quality service and a 100% satisfaction guarantee.
1-800-MOLLY-MADE or at mollymade.com. Molly Made, a clean you can trust. Pregnancy Center West is committed to protecting the unborn by encouraging women to see and choose the beauty of life while offering practical assistance for them and their families. Donate securely online at supportpcw.org. That's supportpcw.org. I'm Bill Torbeck of Tri-State Abrasive and Tool Company, proud to support Sacred Heart Radio. We strive to provide the highest quality diamond and CBN products manufactured by privately owned companies, enabling us to provide prompt and personal service and you to avoid the unnecessary cost and frustrations of dealing with bureaucracies. Find us online at theabrasiveone.com. That's the number one, theabrasiveone.com, theabrasiveone.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Hoding Realtors, trusted and recommended by generations of families to sell their homes. Licensed in Ohio, Kentucky, and Indiana. Hoting Realtors, 513-451-4800 and at Hoting.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Delhi and Harrison Pet Centers with everything your pet needs from guppies to puppies. Offering curbside pickup in-store and online shopping at DelhiPetCenter.com. That's DelhiPetCenter.com. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from J.C. Health Insurance agent George Justin. If you're turning 65, retiring, or simply have Medicare questions, George has answers. George is your pro-family, pro-life guide to Medicare, helping to simplify your transition by guiding you through the options to find a plan that meets your unique needs, all at no cost to you. Find out more from George Johnston at J.C. Health Insurance, 859-414-6591. That's 859-414-6591. Support for Sacred Heart Radio is from Sunset Janitorial Supply, a Catholic family business supplying the tri-state cleaning industry with commercial cleaning supplies, personal hygiene, equipment, and even machine repair. Free delivery to your business. More information at sunsetjanitorialsupply.com. I'm Deacon Bill Mullaney from Immaculate Heart of Mary Parish. Thank you for listening to Sacred Heart Catholic Radio. 740 WNOP Newport, 910 WPFB Middletown, or get the app, stream, podcast, and more at sacredheartradio.com. Catholic Connection is a co-production of Ave Maria Radio.